What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast, your weekly show covering all the biggest topics of the gaming industry with legal, technical, and industry insight. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by this cast of characters you see in front of you. So first up is the man whose camera never shuts off, the Hogue himself. Good morning, sir. Hey, how are you doing, Ains? <laughs> I, 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 it did shut off yesterday. I took great pains oh. to not stream anything yesterday. Oh, you get one day off a week now. Okay. Uh, maybe, kind maybe, of. Maybe. It's, it's pretty funny. In this current uh, environment, of course, I get I, hundreds of messages, and so I try to respond to people. It's that Midwestern value, you know, where I say, hey, you, you took the time to write something, sometimes very long to me. I would like to at least acknowledge it, and I, I'm just, I am just failing. I'm just failing this. <laughs> Sometimes you're sitting at a Cracker Barrel, you know, you're getting DMs and you just feel the need to respond. You know what I mean? Man, it would be better if I were sitting at a Cracker Barrel responding. Oh, to my <laughs> yeah. So sorry, we're a little late starting today. We were engaged in a big Cracker Barrel debate. Uh, Tra Travis in his uncultured San Francisco self does not know the greatness of Cracker Barrel. Well, honestly, his horse is, his horse is also so known as culture. Yeah. 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 The height of culture. The <laughs> you haven't lived until you played giant checkers, Travis, on Am two right, rocking Dan? chairs, right? I mean, and you know, and just just sitting there and you know, rocking in front of the fireplace, and and going to the tiny shop, eating some stuff to hard your heart candy, up. like your grandma used to give you. Yeah, uh, probably from that time. Takes probably, you back. Takes <laughs> you back. It's yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Travis, how you doing? Man. I'm good, man. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm chilling. I'm do, working on reviews, getting stuff done. Not eating at Cracker Barrel. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Dan, you eating at Cracker Barrel, enjoying it, living it. I did. It. I, I did yesterday, actually. I, I was telling the guys that yesterday, my kids both started their job at Cracker Barrel. I have twin boys who are 16 years old. I met their mom at Cracker Barrel, so. It's like it's like everything's coming, you know, full circle here, right? I walk in, he's a host, one of them, and he's you know flirting with one of the other hosts. I'm like, well, this takes me back, you know, this is great. So you know, then I had some French so, toast and some eggs and some hash brown casserole, which is amazing. Uh, sausage. It's a good day. A so good when day. you yeah. go to Cracker Barrel, is yeah. it like <laughs> reminiscent and romantic of a bygone age, or does your wife think that you're cheating on her looking for a new model? <laughs> like what we what only go together. That's oh, the, I see. Okay. You're not allowed to get off no. the leash there. At you can't go Cracker Barrel there. solo. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Can't do that. Okay. That's really kind of creepy, actually. Well, I'm glad so that you can go to... there with your wife. That's kind of kinky. It's good times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> welcome to the Cracker Barrel chat that you didn't uh expect today, but we're here. Yeah, um so today restaurants, I think, right? <laughs> restaurant chat today um it is going to be a pretty straightforward show today in the sense of uh we're going to talk about kind of three main topics uh we got a couple games to talk about i'm going to talk about some uh, witcher 3 next gen impressions which i'm uh, excited to share we're going to do a full rundown of the game awards uh including some praise and i'm sure some rants about the uh, categories and uh award winners and then we will tackle uh the chaos that ensued this week with the ftc announcing they are going to sue to block uh, Microsoft's active acquisition of Activision. 
uh, and Blizzard, which Hogue um, has been dying to talk about all week. So I'm just doing him a favor at this point. <laughs> but we'll, <laughs> we'll keep that segment um, a little on the shorter side to give Hogue a little relief um, because, uh, as always, we will forward you to his channel directly. But anyway, uh, before we get into that, a couple things, uh, housekeeping uh, items. I did update the channel memberships this morning with uh, icons for the four of us that will work on either light or dark mode. Ooh. So you have your Ains Chief Helmet, you have your Hogue Scales, you have your Thai Guy Travis Thai, and you mm -hmm. have your Dan 7 free to use at will along with uh, the Verses. And the Heart is coming as well. Just stay tuned for that one. Uh, and shout out to Rob Frawley who just uh, became a channel member. Rob, appreciate you, man. Um, on that note, we've got a couple super chats right out of the gate too. We'll we'll hit before we get started, and you know how yeah. Googleman eighty one does it around here. He gives With us our super sticker, our super sticker right out of the gate. Love it, hype. That's what it says. With a hip, <laughs> the hip, the hip. Yeah, yeah. Googleman giving us hip. That's what we're doing here. Five years. Thank you very much, Googleman. Googleman, appreciate you, brother. Uh, and then Gecko Gamer, as always, in the house. <laughs> What, what was, was the, the Bill Clinton stuff about? All right. We're the starting right away. Security is what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go crazy. It is uh, Jeff's frustration for the year, I think, is what that is really going to be. I, I, I said this on Twitter, but I mean it sincerely. He's lucky that that's what it was. Yeah. Um, like, there's a whole host of ways that could go horribly wrong. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't think we will see that type of breach again. For someone to literally just walk up with Miyazaki and the guys from From and stand on stage, center stages, without anyone noticing. It wasn't just wild. it wasn't just anybody though. It was Will Smith's son, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that whole family, they just have stage immunity, right? When they're at award shows, they just get <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Let's oh, hit the wrong man. button here. Thank you guys. All right. So uh let's go ahead. We've got a um we had Eric right in. Uh, we got a kind of a, a listener question. So Eric, Game Positive, uh, one of the contributors of Season Gaming, he really loved, he adores God of War 2018, and he loved Ragnarok. And he has listened to us preach about the poor pacing of that game, and not to debate about that, but he did ask us what we believe is a, what we, in our opinion, would be a perfectly or a very well-paced game. And so uh, I hadn't really thought about this ahead of time. I put it on the notes. Um, but I didn't know if you guys had one that jumps to the top of mind that you think is like an expertly paced game. Sure, uh, of the type really of God of War it. Ragnarok? Uncharted 2. Uncharted yeah. 2. That well, you know what's that is a good one. And you know what's funny about that is that, you know, I've preached a lot in the past few weeks around. I think that this whole pacing thing is not a Ragnarok problem. It's a Sony first party problem with their yep. new games. Um, and it's a shame because I look back, I know we've talked about this. I look back at the Uncharted 2s, the first Last of Us, uh, those games, and I think these were expertly crafted experiences. Um, and then I look at Last of Us 2 and I look at Ragnarok and I look at, uh, I haven't finished it, so you guys can speak to it better than me, but I've heard uh, Forbidden West is a little all over the place at times. Um, Open you know, World it, to me is a little, the reason I, I, I put it in Uncharted to even describe as different is because Open World. Yeah. Is a little bit harder to, to call on pacing. I do sure. fact, for like sure. Red Dead Redemption and things like that. But you can yeah. control your experience a little bit more. 
And you know, one of the complaints I have with open world pacing is that if you put too much stuff that is at least moderately good, so you don't want to ignore it because there's sometimes nuggets of interest in there, but there's a lot of junk. That's one of the real problems with open world pacing for me. I think Zero Dawn is actually really guilty of this, where there's some good quests, and they're far outweighed by the junk in, in Zero Dawn. So you feel bad about just skipping through open world stuff, uh, but you also don't feel so bad because there's so much kind of detritus in there. Um, so I do think when we're talking about Ragnarok, though, um, it's best to think of kind of the linear video games and what what good pacing looks like there, in my opinion. <clears throat> it's more of a hugs, uh, hub and spoke thing, but but we've already discussed it. We're not staying on it today. But the, the pacing issues with Ragnarok are in the core missions, yeah. like the, the, the stuff you have to do. So anyway, there you go. Uncharted 2. Well, I think we can all move forward with that one. That's Titanfall 2 as well. Titanfall 2. Fantastic game. game. Every level introduced a new mechanic, bring it all together at the end. Really good. Very good call out. There you go. All right. Let's jump into what we're currently playing. So, guys, uh, let's start on the positive note. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, I've been playing uh, Witcher 3 on uh, the Series X. Uh, Talk to me about sexy new cameras. Oh, man. Oh, man. man. So, let's say, let's just back up one second, right? So, I don't know why I forgot this. It's my, one of my favorite games of all time. It might be my favorite game of all time. And uh, let's remember that this game came out in 2015 on the base Xbox One and PS4. It was primarily developed during the 360 generation, which sounds crazy nowadays. But the game has is seven coming up on eight years old uh, since release. Um, and it had a few updates along the way, as we know, of frame rates push and these things but it has retained that kind of um look of that early ps4 and xbox one era on console right on pc you can do all kinds of crazy stuff um what i expected out of this update was uh obviously a marked uh improvement but i will tell you and this should make a lot of people happy this improvement is much larger than i expected it to be it literally feels and plays like a game that was made now um really <laughs> yeah it uh mm-hmm. it's got a quality and performance mode which they've already said the quality mode has the ray trace stuff blah 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 30 frames the performance mode as we always usually preach here is where it's at uh it is beautiful in performance mode and they did say ahead of time that the new performance mode on this update still has higher quality textures foliage all those things that go into its shadows reflections than even the old quality mode did so it not only looks better, but it's butter smooth. Um, in fact, the only time I ever see any hitch at all in terms of frame rate is actually when it's just auto saving. It hitches really quickly. Um, but it is um, really, really stunning. The new kind of foliage mod they used and the lighting mod, it just, you know, it was already a beautiful game, but it's a really, really stunning game now. And uh, it is exceptional to play. And I have no joke, guys, I played almost eight hours yesterday. Um, because nice. I'm capturing footage, we're going to be doing a video and things for uh, for this week when it releases. Um, but it is, if you are excited about this update and you love Witcher Three, then um, you don't have to be nervous. Be excited because you're going to enjoy it. It's that. Oh game. yeah. What improvements did they give to Gwent? <clears throat> <laughs> so I I was playing Gwent yesterday uh, quite a bit. Already hunting down the cards. Uh, the Gwent is the Gwent you remember and love. Uh, there's, they did not change it or bring over anything from like the Gwent standalone game. I want the animated card Two Gwent standalone games. Be clear. Yeah. If you could, if you count Thronebreaker, right. Um, 
But there are other things I've noticed, which I didn't expect. They said there's other things in this update that they've done. So, for instance, you know when you start the game, it gives you that, like, graphic novel, storybook reading, like, uh, intro to the game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They added a ton to it. And they added stuff that has, like, Funny, a I lot more context. Arm, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they added stuff that gives it a lot more context to, like, the northern realms and what's going on with the wild hunt. And you can you can see that, like, they knew they were kind of obtuse originally right yeah. whereas now it's 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 more covered um probably useful. there's a lot more music tracks it used to be i remember when i first played the game when you would get into combat it had a combat music track and when that music was playing you knew you were fighting as a lot of games do um it uses several different ones now um so it, it a little more variety in the music that you hear as you're exploring the world and fighting things um mm-hmm. it gives you a full set of armor and weaponry it, that's a reference to the show yeah. um kind of about you know as you get through the prologue if you will um so i think you can use that at level 11 i have i'm think i'm level like nine right now so i started completely fresh do they call it um, the hemsworth <laughs> <laughs> no because it's actually useful um <clears throat> i forget what it's called but it, it, you get a note from yennefer about it and you can tell it's like an easter egg you know homage to the to the show and stuff so anyway uh i won't go on too long about it because i know it's out in a couple days as you're listening to this but it is uh it has surprised me in a positive way i was really looking forward to truly going back through this game and i am fully addicted yet again um so it's great photo mode so as beautiful it is it's got photo mode now and the oh you asked about the camera so i did you did you now... try the fun ca- did you try the fun new camera yeah, so I you can use this kind of closer camera. It's almost like a Gears of Gears War Gears of War camera, like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like over the shoulder instead of out in front. Um, so when they I put like them on the it, thirds, which is one of my favorite things, which I know some people hate, like the Cracker Barrel, but I love it when they put the character on the thirds. <laughs> oh man, um, I like it for a horseback and horse riding. Um, for exploration, when I'm walking around, I still use the far one because you can see more around you. Um, but it works well and it looks great. It highlights the world more, um, you know, as you're using it. The other thing I forgot to mention is the quick casting makes a huge difference. So you mm-hmm. remember when you were casting signs before you had to do that radial menu yep. and you would have to like, yeah. Now all you do is you hold right trigger and then your left trigger and your face buttons are all five of your signs. So you just go like bang, bang, and you can like oh, just nice. quick cast different signs. That is better. <laughs> Yeah, it's way better. It's way better. better. Give me that clan action. Yeah, yeah. So there's just, it's great. It's what about what? Uh, My biggest problem with The Witcher Three has always been, will always be, as much as I love Roach, the horseback riding was ass. I mean, it uh was just terrible. It was hard to control. Like you know, you would just kind of go all over the place. I'd run into trees constantly. what are you doing with this horse, Dan? I'm just telling you, man. Was, was, is it any better? I mean, is, I mean, I, let's just say know. that he met the horse at Cracker Barrel. I did. I did. We were playing. You know chickens. what? Look, right as you said that, right on cue. Yeah, you see? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, he was clunky. I, I, I don't honestly know. I will say it's not as, as Travis. It's not as smooth as, uh, you know, it's definitely not as. I can't think of a reference here that I've written the horse. Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, uh, I don't remember how smooth that was, to be honest with you. But Sushima has it's... the weirdest startup to a gallop, but yeah. Sushima does control well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's still a little bit clunky. I haven't had any issues. Uh, I wouldn't right. say it's super smooth. It also has a, a like a pause before your gallop. Uh, so you double tap and hold A when you want to race. Mm-hmm. And it's like he 
and then gets going. There's like a build up to it, you know. So it's a little bit of a delay, but it's uh, it's not bad. I haven't had any issues per se. Kind of I did have a mission where I was in a fist fight, and I was fighting three guys. Um, it's pretty early in the game. I think everyone will remember it. And like I was fighting two of them, and, and Roach literally turned and like headbutted the third one and killed him. And I was Man. like, I don't know if that was intentional or if that was just a funny Roach moment, but either way, it was cool. So perfect. But anyway, um, yeah. Any specific question? That's the most I can say right now. We're not allowed to publish any footage or anything yet, but uh, obviously you'll see that this week. But I think anyone Wait, who, really? like I said, There's an embargo on, on it? There's well, an embargo on it. It's funny because The Witcher's social media is putting <clears throat> is putting up user videos like all over the place. And They're so I always, love, I always love those embargoes, which is like, no, no, not you. Not you, friend. We, yeah. we can do that. It's like, yeah. well, you're not hiding. All right, fine. That's bizarre. Well, I, and we're we're allowed to put up footage if it's their footage. You can't put your own footage up. So. Oh no! I just was, I was just watching it this morning, looking lovingly at the new camera, and they yeah. were they were like, "Thank you, users, etc." So. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, um, yeah, you're gonna enjoy it if you're looking forward to it. Uh, you remember Dan when? Um, remember when we started playing Valhalla on the Xbox One X? Yeah. And then we got the Series X version, and we were like, "Okay, this is how it should feel like much smoother." You know, right. you didn't have all those graphical hitches, all that. It's like it's like that. Did nice. they add formatting to the journal entries? This is my personal bugaboo about The Witcher. They don't have space breaks between their paragraphs. It makes me crazy. Here's the real talk, folks. How did it work out, Ains? I don't think they did. <laughs> I think you're going to be disappointed, my friend. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a shame. It's a Can shame. you tell this is a game I've played a few times? <laughs> but anyway um look forward to it i look forward to chatting more about it next week with everyone um but yeah i'm fully invested and uh it's gonna be my holiday game i finished ragnarok i finished callisto and now i get to relax a little bit with one of the goats so I'm and midnight suns right Ains? that's gonna wait a bit Horizon i told you that the last. Uh, yeah i know i'll get there you know I'll you're not you're not you're not, you're not gonna get there Ains. i am you know you're not you know what you I are? Have. You're the you're like the the soldier in the war movie who's like their guts are hanging out, and you're like, "Are we gonna open up that bakery?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Ains, <laughs> you're gonna open it up. You're gonna open up that bakery, buddy." <laughs> oh, man. We're gonna have the best muffins. I'm telling you, we're gonna do yeah, it. Okay. Um, yeah, man. I did for for Hogue too. I did play some Immortality this week, but we'll talk more about that as I get more into it. I I, I unlocked an achievement, so I did something. I am very confused still as to what's going on. One of my on, favorite screenshots I that I got out of the Game Awards, which is on my timeline at Hoglaw on Twitter. Uh, if you played Immortality at all, the screenshot is fantastic. Go check it out because it is awesome. <laughs> and I won't say anything more about it because we don't want to spoil anything. There you go. Okay. Uh, so I heard, gentlemen, during the oh, Game Awards. By the way, Awards, I'm playing Midnight Suns. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. You guys still love – actually, real quick question. Don't You don't have to go on, but you still loving it as much as you were last week? I, I think it's a top game, uh, game period in this year and maybe others. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Good. High praise. Dan said, I, he, Dan DM'd me and said he didn't want to let you guys know, but he was so intrigued by the dating mechanics, he went out and brought it. Yeah. Nice. No, no, it's in my cart. And then there's no joke. There may be a the hangout. Moment. There may be a hangout <laughs> after Cracker Barrel. I don't know. Yes. The, the hangouts are different <laughs> for, for character. That changes the whole tune. It's true. It's true. Um, Are we we talking about games we're playing, or is just kind of? Ains is trying to move on, but I'm trying to hold him back. Yeah, yeah. The usual. 
<laughs> I was going to say that uh, I heard a vicious rumor during the Game Awards that a demo for this hotly anticipated AAA banger for Spoken was out. And I've heard that it's going to set the Game Awards ablaze next year. Gentlemen, talk to me about it. Uh, Dan, why don't you lead off on Forspoken? You were first there. I was second. I think, are we the only two that have played this? Yeah, I don't know. Anybody I have else? not played it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think we said, I, I said, I was secretly hoping this was going to be awesome. Yeah. Even though like, you know, it was, it, it, nothing had like jumped out at me where this is going to be like some kind of game changer, but it was, I was like, oh, you know, cool. We get to try it out, see what's up. I mean, almost immediately. I mean, and this is maybe because it's a demo. Uh, the tutorial is not very good. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really, for me, it doesn't give me enough information about what's going on. And uh, uh, and, and then I get into the, immediately into the combat. It, it, it feels like that Wolong game to me, the demo I played for that, where, the, where you know, you're holding down certain things and then using, you know, it's just, it's just all over the place. It's not very mm -hmm. simple. And and that and that may be able I may be able to change that I, I didn't really get into the the settings too much, uh, but it, it's it's not great. <laughs> that's, that's a, it's 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 the it, there's a lot of talking which I know you can turn some of that off. I'm not sure if you can turn it all off. Uh, Understand Dan doesn't mean plot there. No, he means no. combat banter, chatter, yeah, constantly. Yeah, and she just cusses like all the time for some reason. Yes, yeah, I mean, and I'm. I'm yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not against cussing. I mean, I do it all the damn time. But it's you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's something where you 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 know, it's just like well, that doesn't really fit there, you know. And and I don't know, man. It's it's not. It's just not good. That that was so, my. Well, no, no. Well, by sorry, the way, I'm like sorry. cussing. It's not like it's actually like oh, I just got hit or something. It's like finally an f and in. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> why? Like why? You know? I mean. What are we doing? That's what, that's what I was going to interrupt you, Dan. I'm sorry, but I was no, going to say, like, what 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 is with the need of these games? Like, I think we talk about the old Uncharted's where they started that banter between characters, which was mm -hmm. funny and kind of meaningful, but not overdone. And it feels like it's some of these games are now trying to just talk constantly, but it detracts from the experience. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's, it's super annoying. I mean, we, we don't need it constantly over and over and over again. During combat, we definitely don't, you know, just give me some grunts and uh, I'm good. It's worse than that, right, Dan? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like oh, that, it's that trailer that they put out for in terms of banter and dialogue, that, that wasn't like just for the trailer. That's the feel you get is it's it's a hello fellow kids Marvel yeah. approach to writing. Hello, it is fellow kids. <laughs> I have no idea who wrote this, so I'm not trying to call anybody specific out, but it's clearly just trying so darn hard mm -hmm. and it is bad yeah it is bad but worse to me dan I, I mean this was my experience you get in and it's the typical kind of luminous engine monstrosity which i mm. don't think delivers the product that square ever wanted it to deliver for final fantasy 15 or this i think the forespoken basically exists to justify the budget they spent on building that engine and it looks bland and gray and boring you're in a fantasy world the entire premise of forespoken is this kind of and i know there's a japanese word for it and i can never remember it of a modern person getting sucked into a different environment right so you've got the you've got the girl with the sneakers and she talks like a modern teenager or 20 something isekai is the japanese uh, thank, thank you travis i knew you would know i appreciate it yeah, but right. so it's a genre of getting pulled into a different environment and then kind of reacting to it on the outside. To me, that works best 
if it doesn't look bland and ridiculous, right? I mean, so it's it looks like a field in England or something, uh, and it's just not it's just not very good. Now I have to I also have to give the caveat here: the demo is broken all over the place in terms yeah. of lighting and graphics and frame rate. Not that it doesn't work as like you're playing it, but like my TV literally thinks there's not a PlayStation there if you change it if you change a setting, uh, and and like the the HDR is off. I guess I I don't know. It's got that. I think you know this from some games. Callisto does this a little bit where it, it grays out the whole screen and kind of adds brightness to things like mountains and whatnot. So until you correct for that, that's a problem. It crashed a couple times as a demo for me. Um, and then the Dan, Dan, how do you feel about the menus? No, they're, they're, they're super confusing and clunky. The, 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 the traversal is like the only thing that I kind of enjoyed, but even then it's, it's really, it, it doesn't give you any kind of, in depth and this again might be because it's a demo like like just tell me a little bit how to do this stuff instead of just you know throwing you in there and then with with, with terrible controls i think i mean i think that's the worst part for me is, is i i was just button mashing pretty much the entire time i was just like okay i'm doing this okay i'm supposed to do this what what does that do you know and it's just i'm confused the entire time i'm just like man this just needs to be simplified a little bit and and maybe it would be Maybe then I could actually get into it a little bit better, but I just had a hard time just getting into it. The onboarding again, I'm going to agree with yeah. you. Onboarding is terrible. I, I actually yeah. find this to be a problem with a lot of kind of JRPG um, onboardings. I, I remember thinking this with Tales from Arise and their demo is that because these systems layer on each other, if you could imagine coming in at like hour 75 of Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you'd just die. You'd have no play. You'd, you'd just yeah. die. So they, they just spend hours and hours and hours of bringing you in. I presume Forspoken starts with like, here is your fireball. There is a squirrel and, yeah. you know, going all the way up until you have 16 different fingernails and all this various things. And they want to show off their battle engine. So just to be clear, folks, this is not a demo, even though it's supposed to be an RPG, give or take, or an action adventure or something. Like that. This is not a demo that features story. This is a demo that puts you in a field that I'm not even positive is in, a, is in the game. This might have been built for this and then gives you these, these dots around the map and then go do and fight this or go do and climb this. And yes, folks. If you've missed tower mechanics, tower mechanics uh, in Forspoken, it's very much a Ubisoft kind of approach. Like climbing the tower and unlocking yeah. the map type thing? Yes, yeah. and then looking around to see what you can see and to, to tag those things. It's a, it's a Ubisoft kind of feeling uh, open world, which does isn't the end of the world for somebody like me. But in a demo format, there's nothing to love about this area. It looks like a field. I see in chat. I have, nothing, I have no problem with England. I just don't find it to be exotic. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and all of this, yeah, yeah all, all of this is done after they tell you circle to run kind of trigger to fire and good luck. And again, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but they start you out at like the easiest mode. So it's like, Oh, ridiculous. You're not, you're not engaging with anything. No. Uh, and then it just, it doesn't look great. The voice acting is bad. The dialogue is bad. The combat is clunky. It's an, it's a check. It's a check the box open world. Um, yeah. Good demo. Good demo yeah. guys. Also, just to be clear, Hogue is approximating when he says being dropped into hour 75 of Xenoblade 3. He does not know what hour 75 <laughs> of Xenoblade 3 Let me is. drop it to hour 58. There you go. <laughs> you know well, what, Travis, uh, by the way, since you called me out last week, I got two more Switch docs so I can actually put it on the TV that I have access to. And beautiful. I'm going to I'm going to get back into that Xenoblade. Love it. Oh, you. Oh, whoa. Is that like, is that the same level of statement yeah. as I'm opening? You're going to open my, up that my, bakery. My sandwich shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so because I think we're, I think we're coming in on kind of a, a, an easing of my, my gaming schedule. 
And obviously, I don't have anything going on with the video channel or, or, or the law firm at the yeah, end of the transaction year. Uh, so definitely no holidays with the family. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I I think many of us who pay attention to uh, that's going to sound weird, but many of us who look at this stuff day in, day out, saw Forspoken, saw the delays on it, kind of watch what they were showing. And it was like, this one looks questionable. I don't know. So it There's doesn't sound something like wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It just, something seemed off. And, and from what I'm hearing from you guys and some others, uh, it, uh, it's not standing like up the, too high right now. So we'll see like what happens. people in the chat arguing for the exoticness of various places in England. It's all good. I love it. I love it. Well, you, you, t- today is a bad time to pick on England. It was a rough day yesterday. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, so. I hear that the team's coming home. You're just gonna, you're just gonna double down, huh? Just gonna it's double a, down. It's, it's a soccer match. It's not. That's not a rough day, Ains. That's, that's a soccer. No, they're they're coming home. I heard it I, all, all across social Stop media. It. Stop it. Fantastic. Um, 150 people in the chat. Good to see you, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit that like button if you're enjoying it. And uh, I've got a perfect super chat for you guys. Hit it up, Dan. All right. You ready? Since it's the Game Awards talk, my personal pick for Game of the Year is Marvel Midnight Suns. Also, my biggest surprise of the year from Random Name with a 499 super chat. Thank you, man. I'm not saying it's my number one, but Random Name is not wrong about the class that I would put Midnight Suns in right now. Great it's craziness, awesome. man. It's great. It. It's a great really game. Love it. Super well. I see made. a lot of people loving it too. You guys aren't alone by any stretch. There's a lot of people in my timeline that are playing this game and surprised by how good it is. It's very good. I, yep. I was surprised as well. It's amazing. It's awesome. It, in awesome. Solomon, we trust. <laughs> Thank you, random name. Appreciate man. you. Uh got a few from Don here. Let me just sorry, I'm trying to see what's best to go with here. All right, we're going with that one. From Don Liner, $5 Super Chat. Oh, Genshin Impact added a TCG. Nice. Slash ESO card style. I think that means you are required to play it again. Don, I'm not even joking about this chat. I'm going to download this after the show. TCG is trading card game for... Xenoblade is... Yeah, trading card game. Xenoblade's not getting finished. You might have just act Xenoblade. You might have done. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) If you tell me there's a decent trading card game in an MMO type game, I'm I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> also, Genshin is dope. I've heard good things about Genshin. Um, Don, Don gave us a few super chats. I'm sorry, I don't know what this is referencing. I missed it. Someone tell me. Yes, she's from New York City. Uh, can't confirm 100% accurate. Uh, maybe the, the girl actor. from the from yeah from Forspoken is that? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, about the swearing probably, but I think Got it's you. written into the script. <laughs> I don't think she showed up at the. <laughs> at yeah. the recording session one day. It was all ad-libbed, Doug. They were just like, wow, this lady's got attitude. No, no, it really feels, it really feels like, well, the kids swear and we're going to be hip and with it. And so yeah. she swears at everything. It's like, everything. this is the kind of thing where your, your mom talks. She says, I mean, maybe take it down a notch. You're an adult. But I don't know that we need to say everything's effed or effing or, you know. I mean, and we're not talking about the junior swears here. It's just. Yeah. yeah. Like, no particular oh, effect. There, oh, you, stick on you, the floor. Uh, you sweet summer children complaining about swearing. You 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 have <laughs> you not hear this kind of language at the cracker barrel, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you would not. You guys have not been playing high on life. That much yeah. is clear. Oh I, yeah. We'll get there. Travis, we'll get there. Yeah, I, I have no doubt. <laughs> um and then Don also uh asked Yeah, with the two dollar super chat, what is the big cast holiday schedule, Christmas, New Year's Eve? 
etc. So we are still working that out. Um, so we, we obviously Christmas is on a Sunday, so we can tell you right now that we're not going to be doing a Christmas morning show. Um, I'll be there. I'm doing nothing on Christmas day. What's up? <laughs> Travis is doing a solo big cast that week. Yeah. Um, but we, we are talking through that. We're talking through some specials. Travis and I have something funny planned as well that we're going to try and insert here over the holidays. So just bear with us and we will share that out, uh, when we have it nailed down, but thank you. I'm going to be Thank pre-gaming you, the Michigan game, so, you know, New Year's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Appreciate the generosity, Don. Uh, we got Detective Seeds in the house. Yeah, with the 499 Super Chat, I thought <laughs> I cussed a lot, and then I played for Spoken. Like, Perfect. no lie. I mean, that, I, I cuss so much. So much. You know, I have to really watch myself on here. So. Yeah, the level here is, remember Aloy picking things up? Imagine yeah. that swearing. And now Oh, it's like that spoken. often. It's it all is. the time. Very man. often. Yeah, she like okay. hits a tree and she's like, heffing tree? Why were you saying in there? You know, I mean, it's, it's that bad. I think one of the things that jumped out to me when we first showed that game was it, it's got this, it's trying to be like medieval, but with like an edge of modern kind of hello kids, like Hogue said. And I was like, this just doesn't look like it's going to play very well at all. And you guys you are not inspiring confidence. Very delicate, very expert writing that is, it is able to accomplish what it is they're aimed at. And I, I big swing and a miss. You know, like those <laughs> swings in baseball where you fall over after you miss the ball. It's that. Mm. Fair enough. All right, Detective mm. C, thank you. Fat Boy Horror coming at you at Michigan. <laughs> yeah, England, about as exotic as the Michigan. <laughs> the Michigan. <laughs> the Michigan. I love the Michigan. That. I don't know. I mean, I mean, that's actually I mean, that's... an accurate statement, though. But yeah. Kinda, yes. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I concur. Also, when you talk about kind of visiting someplace exotic, generally speaking, you're not talking about whatever your biome is at home. That's no. kind of the nature of the definition of exotic, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, the nature of the definition of exotic is uh, the higher tier of armor or weapon, but you're only allowed to equip one. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's your destiny. There, yep, you go. there it is. Got him. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> boy, hard. Thank you. Ruin a destiny. Got him. Boom. <laughs> We're going to talk Boom, about that think, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and Iron Keg with a $5 super chat. I know it's not on the agenda, but can we talk briefly about yeah, how awesome it was to see Hades 2? Oh, and also Ains and Travis's favorite. Death Stranding too. It is it on is. the agenda. Yeah, we are going to. Yeah, well, when he says run down of the awards, he doesn't mean just the awards. Much like Jeff Keeley, the awards are second place. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be yeah. talking about reveals as well. Of second course, place? So. That's no. Yeah. Fourth? F- fourth place. Second place is Bill Clinton guy. Third Trailers, place is ads. Yeah. 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 Steam <laughs> And then, well, I guess one whole place has to be Christopher Judge speaking. That was a quarter oh, yeah. of the show, man. That was, yeah. He's still going. He actually posted on Twitter yesterday that he got cut off. That's yeah, not a of joke. He did. Like he was angry about it almost too. Like <laughs> I really wanted to take my wife, but I got cut off. I'm like, what? Maybe you could have rolled that into the first 20 minutes. Yeah. The yeah. dramatic pauses were completely unnecessary. And I love you, man. But damn. <laughs> it's all right. Man Engage was the true performance of the year anyway. We can get yeah. there. <laughs> all right. Uh, Travis, what you been playing? I know you wanted to talk about something here, sir. Yeah, so I've got a lot of stuff uh, coming out and coming up. I've got two embargoes that lift tomorrow for pre- stuff I previewed I can't talk about. And then I also have an embargo lifting tomorrow for the game I'm reviewing currently, uh, which is High on Life, um, the Justin Roiland game from Squanch Games. <laughs> Squanch. Squanch. Uh, you asked for a comedy uh, game, friend. 
Squanch games. No, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm not allowed to talk about it uh, until tomorrow, but I am playing that game. If you like cursing, uh, that that makes Forspoken look like a uh, look, look like a kindergartner friendly game, uh, then you're gonna love this one. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the only other thing I that lifted from embargo since the last time we spoke was uh, my review of Choo Choo Charles, which I don't think anybody here particularly cares about, but uh, I do. The, the internet is very upset at me for that review, so that's fun. Oh, is it I, out already? I, I didn't that because it. I felt there wasn't enough puns, but yeah. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, so, uh, yeah the uh, I gave it a 4 out of 10. People are upset because they think Generous. because it was made by one person, I should have been nicer to it. Oh, is that where I, I saw you yeah. preaching about that? And I was like, what, what has driven this all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just getting a ton of people hitting me up and being like, wow, how dare you give uh, a negative mm. review to a, a, a single person who made a game as part of a school project? And I was like, well, that's nice, but it doesn't. It's a game affect- for sale. Yeah, it's a game for sale. And I was evaluating it like you would any other game. So. Yep. I don't know what to tell it's you guys. Excuses. It's always excuses with the internet. I, I don't just care love, if it was made in a pandemic if it turned out like crap. Yeah, I just love the idea that like if you paid less money for it or if it was made by one person that when you're playing it, you have more fun for some reason. You're like, oh, well, now that my expectations are different, I'm just having like a better time. It's like, no, it, well, it's it's like being on Game Pass. Oh, well, yeah. it's not Game Pass. It's you know, it's, it's like game free, so it's like. I mean, accessibility know. is cool. It's cool that it's great. You know, it's, it's it's great that one person can make a video game. That's awesome, but it doesn't make the game better. I just, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, I've been fighting that fight, but uh, yeah, you shouldn't play Choo Choo Charles, and I'll be able to talk about High on Life next week. I'm gonna finish the game today, and uh, yeah, all I can say about it is that I'm playing it, and it's a comedy game. I love comedy games. I also don't particularly care how raunchy or uh, curse fill the game is generally speaking uh it's got that borderlands feel so i'm just yeah. saying that grossness and raunch does not make something funny in and of itself and i think justin True. sometimes gets confused about that i would agree yeah he doesn't always hit the mark but uh you know if i just got done playing a quote comedy game that was horrifyingly not <laughs> funny so i'm uh it's been a night let's just say it's been nice to, to have a professional in the room with this one so yeah. <laughs> that's all i'll say he is a comedian yeah. so you can you can at least you know not all of his jokes are going to land and it is very sophomoric but uh that's you know that's kind of the style right it's like a little bit of like it's not where like, i live friend yeah <laughs> sure but you know it's not for everyone uh as as yeah. any game is not for anyone or for everyone yeah i'm looking forward to hearing more about that one i know there's at least uh, an audience that's excited about that game and it releases tuesday is yeah it? it's t- i think i just saw the two day yeah it releases tuesday thing. embargo yeah. lifts monday you probably will not see a review for it tomorrow because every outlet got their codes friday at 7 p.m um and so <laughs> i've only had the game for you know less than two days so um yeah it's uh i think they were this happens a lot where they go we're gonna have the code to you by this day and then they do it like by this week and then by the last possible moment on that week, they put it out because they're, you know, patching it uh, up until the last minute, rolling out patches. So that's not terribly uh, uncommon for, yeah, for yeah. review codes. Yeah. So, well, it'd be interesting, right? If some review does pop up first thing on Monday, be like, mm, you know how that goes. You could beat it. It's not like the longest game in the world, but yeah, but for me, I have to do a video and stuff. There's just no way yeah. I'll, yeah, we, we have my editor. We have to do a whole bunch of, yeah, there's our process is long. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, Don, one more super chat before we move on here. Oh, uh, for spoken MC is from NYC, not uh, what's that say? An accurate portrayal. Uh, so this is the main character, not the actress. So it's no, an accurate portrayal of a New Yorker. Yeah, Man. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Damn, Don. Appreciate you. Don coming Ooh. out firing this morning. All over the place. I'd say I like to respect New Yorkers more than that. I feel like they're more pointed with their swearing. But, you know, go try more spoken. I thought you hated Absolutely. all coastal elites. Uh, what? No, definitely not. No. Just you, Trevor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. All right. Let's uh, – oh, real quick note before we move to the Game Awards is uh, I didn't realize that the Dragon Age Absolution, the uh, Netflix anime, is out. I didn't realize that it had released. Any Has anyone checked it out yet? Nope. Mm. Okay. Does anyone have any interest or is it just me? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> well, I love Dragon Age. Uh, yeah. Dragon the Dragon Age. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I need to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I just haven't had time. No. Okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah, that is out. So I, did, I missed it. If anyone else missed it, there you go. It's out on Netflix now. All right, let's move over to the Game Awards because I know we've got a lot to talk about on this one. So we're going to be talking about kind of overall thoughts, uh, a couple questions on it, the game reveals, and we're going to break down most of the big uh, winners, obviously not every single category, but most of the ones we want to discuss and or debate. So the first thing, before we get to individual awards, announcements, et cetera, just want to ask you guys what you thought about the overall pacing, the overall presentation, the kind of two and a half hour with a half hour pre-show <laughs> <laughs> that's the short version uh yeah. what do you guys what do you guys think about the 2022 show overall way too much drunk higher over the hill acting way too many actors way too many that had the worst segments of the entire show whether it's al pacino Mazden, the last of us people coming in i it was i i, I hate it every time i continue to hate it jeff Keeley and the game awards is looking for some kind of street cred from bringing in actors. They get actors that have no idea where they were, are and what their agent signed them up for. Uh, and we get an extra 40 minutes of show based on nothing. That's the thing that jumps out at me. I just think, I think Jeff Keeley loves name dropping. I think yep. that's like his favorite thing in the world. And when he can like bring somebody on stage and prove that he knows someone famous, it like gets him off. I don't know, man. It was, that definitely was the weirdest part of the game is yep. of all the game awards is all the name dropping. And like, I, I hate it when when the industry tries to vindicate itself to be oh we're legitimate we're legitimizing ourselves because we have an actor and i'm just like yo that's like the least legitimate thing you could do is try to look to another industry and go look see we're real we count and it's you do count it's not in dispute the best thing you could do is to just ignore all that stuff the legacy media that you're better than and not look back and i i really hate this stuff you look insecure you look insecure. Yeah. No franchise, brand, or property has ever made itself more popular or more believable by including a reference to Ryan Johnson. None. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. I will say even <laughs> even the Ryan Johnson's appearance, even though he's awesome, is, uh, you know, he's that awesome. But Can you I, actually I remember what it was connected to? Like, I don't even remember what it was connected to. They were doing a glass onion Oh, it was they, uh, it was Among Us. They did an Among Us glass onion. It was the Among thing. Us outfit. Because uh, glass onion is featured, or uh, Among Us is featured in Glass Onion. It's kind literally, of had, I, I could not remember it just now. Yeah, no. like I know Al Pacino comes in to uh, to nominate performance, which is somewhat hilarious given his. Uh, but I couldn't remember why all the actors were there. He's a good actor, you know. Al Pacino. But, 
Yeah. He was literally getting his check handed to him as he was walking off stage. They were like, Oh, here you go, buddy. You know, thanks for coming. You know, I know you, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing, right? Al Pacino was a good actor, maybe is a good actor if motivated. He was not motivated. Oh, yeah. This is what you get. You get Joel McHale rolling his eyes the entire show, Jeff. Correct course. Yeah. It's bad news, man. I feel strongly about this. It wasn't, (laughs) yeah. I would say the worst part about the show is the show. The content is usually good the the trailers reveals it's nice to see everybody in the same room i like in-person industry events all that stuff is great the actual show though of like here's how they do the awards and they speed through a bunch that they consider not important and then none of those people get to go on stage and then the ones that they do consider important get to talk for 20 minutes and then you know the just the, it's just a very poorly managed show even though I feel like they have a lot of good content to work with. Like it could be a great show. It's not like they're filling time or it's just the, the pacing is off. The decisions they make for how they do things is bad. And I just, I, I, it also just feels tacky and sponsored. Like every segment is sponsored by like Oreos or Baja blast. And I'm just like, yo, like really like, is you, are you fundraising? Is this a, is this a, you know, Yes. The answer, by the way, is yes. Yeah. Are uh, we going to get the thermometer in the background that's filling up with, uh, you know, dollars? Green <laughs> 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 Game Awards tote bags. No, I, I, I and I find that the most off-putting when it's ostensibly something that is, um, you know, uh, socially aware. I, I, I think like the future class being nominated by Old Spice is insane. Like th- that shouldn't have a sponsor at all. Uh, you know, the, the 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 various things that pop up in the kind of these are the good things we're doing as a gaming industry or whatever is like, ah, Jeff, I know you, this costs money. I know you, this is fundraising across the board, but um, yeah, no, I think that was bad. And, and I think Travis, you hit on something that is so important because <clears throat> we joke about judges speech because it was ridiculous, but here I am sitting there going, well, this is going to be a six hour show because they're, they're like the slot must be 10 minutes at least before we turn on the orchestra. And then there's 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 later speeches that are like literally about video games. It's a developer, and I yep. swear to God, it's on a twenty second button. And I'm yep. like, you cannot do that. You can't do that. You 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 go however you go, but you can't start picking choices but, but on, on speech times based on what you think is valuable. Big yeah. time, yeah. In fact, they, Doug Bowser, literally the head of the president of Nintendo of America, got the music like twenty seconds after yeah. he started talking. And he I'm was like, playing as he was really? walking up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh, bad, man. And and what what that screams to me is that as Judge went on, they didn't have a plan to limit speeches. They realized they needed something quickly. They probably raced behind the scenes to get music playing 15 minutes in the judge's as speech and then, and then said, we got to catch up now on time. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But that's, I mean, like, that's, that's, that's a poor. no. That's, 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 yeah, that's my poor. first event. This is Jeff's, what, 10th year of this? Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it, uh, I think, and I think what you guys commented on there is a bigger issue in the show itself, as we're going to talk about in terms of uh, just the nominations and what games are kind of uh, highlighted, right? Um, there, there's a clear miss on aspects of the industry here. Yeah. So, can I? I know we're going to get into that, but can I give yeah. a, a positive comment because I actually thought, and I said this on, on, on social media again, IGN put out its own list and it had a much better version of Brett. And I, I, and you know, Travis knows I'm not always kind to IGN uh, in the way they, <laughs> they operate on social media. I thought they did a good job with having a list that includes things like Marvel Snap and Immortality and like showing that there's not just 
third person over the shoulder action adventures or over the cat shoulder action adventures that are available in the video game industry. Um, so I, there's a problem with the process because IGN's a, a, a big source and they don't make this mistake. And I don't think any given outlet is going to make the mistake of missing on the breadth of the industry. There's a problem with the process of aggregating across all these things that winds up with the lowest common denominator, popular, big budget game. And that is not the way to evaluate an industry period. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, yeah. I, I, I kind of just laugh at the awards to me. They don't matter because yeah. I think it's a, yeah, it's just sort of frivolous and, you know, it's, it's aggregated opinions. It's like trusting an award process, unless it's a group of people that you really trust is basically just looking to Metacritic and going, okay, what were the most popular games who got the, who had the most players uh, in the industry? Like what were the biggest games and just putting those all on the list and then having people vote. Like it's <clears throat> not really a process I'd consider like legitimate in any way. There's also no transparency on what actually qualifies someone for some of these. Like, I don't know what art direction means really. I, I, I mean, I, I, I have a vague understanding. I, in the past, I think they've had things like, best direction in a game or something like that yeah, best director I, elden ring one best they, they still do yeah, yeah best director and i'm I'm like okay i maybe it's just a development blind spot of mine but um even even game of the year i mean game of the year what makes it game of the year is it it's uniqueness is it just that. people liked it there's way too many qualifiers for that one so um yeah, yeah i mean i give the award i give the show like a you know a c minus maybe a d plus it's it, it was sort of like a you know, it was we got some cool reveals. I mean, the Hades, Hades two made my night. Star Wars was fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, what was so. a show? You know, here, here's where yeah, I think they, 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 they missed a perfect opportunity to have a you know a cam on Phil Spencer's face the entire night because that was the most amazing shot when they panned to him. And he's just like, get the camera off me. <laughs> you know, that's what I felt. Yeah. And they should have just had one on there where you could just like click over and go to like the Phil cam. And then uh, <laughs> Phil cam. And then just after that, I mean, you could have literally just put Jeff Keeley's white shoes up there and just put a microphone in front of him and like had somebody, you know, speak. That would have been at least entertaining. Or like Troy Baker's hat, you know, on a stand with a mic in front of it. And that that's at least that's fun. Right. I do respect that Troy Baker is always everywhere. Troy God, Baker. Everywhere. We yes. can depend on Troy <laughs> Baker being Troy Baker and all that entails. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, man. But you know, it, it was fine. I like, I like the, the reveals are always what I look for. You know, I don't care about the awards. It's just, you know, I want to see the new stuff. Uh, there was quite a bit of it. I thought, um, and otherwise, you know, it's, it's the giant ad for, you know, whatever it is. Sun, yeah samsung i don't know yeah i think that's the problem right is they try to walk this line between uh you know you bring someone like al pacino out and i think travis nailed it like jeff loves nothing more in this world than being able to say that he knows someone or has talked to someone or it's a clout thing and it feels like this weird mix of trying to be a legitimate show mixed with old having, video game having tropes. animal on there yeah yeah and it just it just doesn't it doesn't do a lot for me in that vein. No. I, 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 yeah. But anyway, um, let me ask this before we get started too, because I saw a lot of chatter from the Xbox community here. You guys think it was a mistake for Xbox to kind of be absent here to not show at least oh, yeah. one major thing? Train yep. Stupid. Completely. Com- 
it, it's it's yeah it's a slap in the face to xbox gamers i i don't i i mean i think that they some people in media were claiming it was a decision to show things at the right time and that sort of thing but i don't think that's a a good excuse and i i think when you're at this big industry event that everybody else is showing up for you show up i have the same uh criticism about playstation you know skipping out on e3 a lot these days is that that's it it hurts your brand it's it sort of goes against you know the the camaraderie of the industry which i think is kind of important people (laughs) sitting together i know that i know that word is kind of dead now uh especially for get ready for a shooting war folks i know i know it's really bad um but i i think you know you can criticize playstation for that when we get to e3 season which i'm sure we will um but you know you have to call out xbox that the fact that they showed nothing dude they could have even shown high on life that game came out like it comes out a few days after the award show is like less than a week later five days i think there's a clip of it in in their game pass ad i think yeah there was a game pass ad just to be clear because i see people saying they showed other games and it's like well they showed replaced so we got to see that again that's fine they had a game pass but atomic heart is not xbox that's just coming to game pass they 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 offer nothing off of their first party and i i just i so i talked to my first party yes thank you first party is the easier way to say yeah at the microsoft theater mind you this is microsoft theater and and they showed up i don't know what phil was doing in that seat was he just there to did he really like ragnarok i don't i don't know it it was it was it was kind of embarrassing i think for for them to even show up to that show if they weren't gonna participate in in any way well, um, and if people forget they have an e3 promise now i think this might go by the way but they have a promise that redfall and starfield are coming out before june and so, i mean you're within a six-month window yeah yep. uh, and let's not forget it's not like xbox hasn't shown up big at the game awards they they debuted the series x at the game awards two years ago yeah whatever so i think they're yeah yeah i forget what it was actually yeah i forget what the code name was now it's so far that time disappears but i i i think there was a lot of expectation and a lot of people i talked to including the big xbox creators that had high expectations for something to be showed in the vein of avowed or fable or hellblade i mean i don't think it's i don't think they had to show like five things right but at least have something Starfield comes out in like two months or something, doesn't it? I mean, it's not Starfield is not coming out first. Does, does not Dan, it's I, 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 I want to take you aside here, Dan. Was it a Starfield first thing? Is not coming out in the first half of 2023. All they've said is first half of 2023. Yeah, that was the promise in E3 at all. Right? Remember um, at E3, their promise was everything was supposed to be out that we're going to talk about right. before the next E3. Yeah. Um, but they don't have anything. Not going to happen. They have Redfall. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and I, that I, I, th- I think there's a chance Starfield makes it in right at the end, like somewhere in June. I think. Well, what's funny about that is June is eligible, right? We got a bunch of big reveals for June at Game Awards. We got Diablo yeah. 4. We got Final Fantasy 16. So June is a month that reasonable publishers were looking at as, yes, this is the thing. This is a place where we say this, which of course makes sense. There's no show between here and June, so you're depending on a, on a state of play or an, a Nintendo Direct or whatever, and maybe that's fine. But yeah. you could see that the that the the other publishers were saying June is yeah the, if we got something coming out in June this is where we talk about it yeah I mean it's just it's the whole thing was I mean that was that specific aspect I think was pretty disappointing you know because we we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and oh we were you know and then it's just nothing every time yeah. and it's it's it's, it's no and like, then they come out mad, on social man. media. They come out on social media and say, oh, "Yeah, we know you're upset. Yeah. You, we know you're upset about this, but we got to wait for the right time." It's like, guys, you you have pulled on this particular lever for 
three years. Um, yeah, you're going to have to deliver some actual things. Right, man. It's not that Xbox didn't put out anything this year, right? Like one of my favorite games this year is Grounded. It's a fantastic game. They had Pentiment. Yeah. They've had good stuff come out. It's really just that you, you named they, everything they released. That when they, yeah, <laughs> not exactly, but yeah. That, uh, I I, I um, can appreciate the not exactly. I'd have to think about it. <laughs> um, but the the uh, I, I I think the problem is that you know they they if you don't feel like you're a part of the conversation, a part of the industry, that's a problem. And you didn't have any game award. You didn't get nominated for anything. Right. So you're already on your back heel there. So if you didn't nominate, if you didn't get nominated for anything, maybe you show up in some other way. Uh, and it, it just, I don't know. We don't, we don't know the background. Maybe Xbox tried to show stuff and, you know, Keely wasn't having it. He had other stuff he wanted to show. I don't, I don't know any of the answers there, but the, I, the argument I've seen online that, you know, they were trying to appear weak for the FTC is i think a terrible argument it's and a, that's not like, that's hey not, look yeah if they were trying to do that <laughs> congrats <laughs> congrats you you look like you you aren't a great publisher you look completely irrelevant in the industry so let me let me rant it's a, it's a, a very yeah please uh, what i'll just before you go it's a very ridiculous argument you may touch on this Hope, because all all of the stuff that we were hoping to see they've already shown we already know it's coming like we saw it in June. Just give us an update on one of these big titles. Oh, get them. Yeah. <sighs> a nobody would. A, a nobody would do this. B the plans were in place for whatever they were going to show at the Game Awards, uh, well before the FTC sues them that day, right? And uh, regardless of whether you think the FTC chose that day or not, it was ironic that they chose that day. C understand the arguments the FTC has is that Microsoft is going to do bad things for the industry. If you are going to present out in public that you're going to suck up 34 developers and do jack shit with them, that's not a great look for you in a regulatory environment. Okay. It's not. And Phil Spencer isn't a moron. So I believe that Redfall and Starfield are legitimately the only things that are close to release and they don't feel comfortable committing to a release date, which is its own bit of scariness. But that's what I think is that everybody else, I said that the other publishers were putting out June dates. I don't think that Xbox feels certain that they can make a promise of that date. And after the horrific catastrophe that was Halo Infinite in terms of its release hey. structure. Hey, I know you love Halo. release structure. Well, well that it was supposed to be at the launch of the Xbox Series X and S. Oh, yeah. That okay. failed, okay. but they showed that's it fair. and it died, you know, and then, it, and then you have a year later and it's not fully complete. Now we have, Two years after the original release, and I think Ains would tell you that it's fantastic now. I'm not going to fight him. Uh, but that that history of release structures puts Xbox in a box because they promised Starfield was November 11th. They missed. They promised Halo was at launch on Series X. They missed. They made a promise at E3 that these games that we're talking about are all going to be released before the next E3. And things are looking dicey. Dicey. And they are, I think rightly thinking that they can't go and advertise anything that has a date on it without getting absolutely pilloried if they miss it. I just don't think that they're confident that they're going to hit any dates for Redfall and Starfield, which I, I would love to say is wrong, right? I'm on my channel. People talk, call me an Xbox because I'm telling you why I think the FTC's argument is weak. It is not because I think Xbox is necessarily an awesome steward of their products. I hope that they are. I hope that they will become such, but no, they did not avoid the game awards for any reason related to the FTC. Agreed. I'm done. Agreed. And I will say, I, I talked to an Xbox uh, employee 
who I'm close with, who is on, you know, he's on the, he's in the inner circle of that team. He knows what's going on with their studios and games. And I just said, yo, what happened? Like, where were you guys? Like nothing. And his answer was just like, honestly, it just didn't come together. We just didn't, we weren't, none of our games were ready. We didn't have any stuff ready to go. And I was just like, all right, well, good luck to you, man. I, I mean, it, it's one of those things. It's a miss. And I think everybody on their team knows that it's a miss and they knew that the miss was coming and they were just sort of like, Hey, what are we going to do? Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get it together in time I, for the show. So. I know other people have said it and I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not going to be the first to say this, but other people have said, well, it, it, like to your point that the response was, it wasn't the right time or we weren't ready. And it's like, this is, this is the industry show that has tens of millions of viewers. And more importantly to me, and you guys tell me if you disagree, this is an industry show where uh, it's platform kind of agnostic, right? So you've got people watching this that aren't necessarily in the video games, that aren't necessarily Xbox fans, et cetera. These are the people you're trying to reach by broadening your brand. Uh, this is the show you want to show up at. I, I, I just, my, I guess my example is Xbox had a great uh has done very well in their summer show the last couple of years. I think we were generally agreed on that. They've shown a good summer show, which is great, right? But it's an Xbox show. And for people like us who love Xbox, play it, et cetera, it's a great show. But the diehard Nintendo fan or the diehard person who plays mobile games isn't necessarily watching that because it's an Xbox show. They might be watching the Game Awards because it's a Game Awards show that reaches a much broader audience. Why would you not try to push your Xbox brand at that show? It just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It's your one chance to get outside of your echo chamber and the bubble. Yeah, People exactly. People already play Xbox exactly. and talk to other. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. And I think uh, somebody pointed out that Ask Dust Fall ones, which, I mean, that's fine. It's not first party, but it, I guess that counts as an Yeah, Xbox again, uh, Game Pass doesn't, we're talking first party. They're studios. Yeah. Man. Anyway, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll move on for that. We got some super no, chats we agree. to get to. We violently agree, right? Big mistake. Yeah, we all agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, 194 people live in the chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you for coming out and hanging That's out. That's crazy. With us. We can yeah. cross 200 viewers if you would be so kind as to hit the like button and let YouTube know that we're broadcasting live right now. YouTube loves that kind of stuff. And also, if you think YouTube doesn't like that kind of stuff and you want to show YouTube up and you just hate YouTube, they hate it when you hit that like button and tell people to find <laughs> things they don't like. Either way, that like button is the answer. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Let's hit these super chats up and then we're going to get to our reveals. Yeah. All right. Don Liner uh, from New York, Long Island, uh, like Colin. So I can say those things. Absolute absolution is amazing. 10 out of 10. Sweet. Please watch. Okay. Good. Yeah. Please watch to help get a season two. Uh, I may be a uh, Dragon Age super fan. Own all the books, comics, and a Morgan statue. I will never blame you, Don, for owning no. a Morgan statue. I will. Nobody will. Bravo. Nope. Is that? No, I will. The, I'll blame you. That, it's a witch. That's that old Capcom fighting game, Morgan? No, no, wrong Morgan. Come oh, on, man. <laughs> it's Claudia Black's Morgan. Uh, There's many reasons that one could have a Morgan statue, I'm just saying. You don't have to this be a Dragon Age fan, necessarily. Yeah. That's also true. Yeah. Well, Why are you blaming Morgan. him for a Morgan statue? I'm going to mute you. I blame everyone who owns a statue. I don't like items that have no function. <laughs> And it's I blame not. everyone that owns a statute. Don't, so, there we go. Don't go to Angus. Has, has no function. It's just it has an no ornament. function. Why would you? Why would you do uh, that? The Master it's Chief cool. helmet behind you has no function. Neither do your Destiny posters. Neither do I anything that, in your house. That that is one of the few <laughs> items I own with no function because it was you know we were moving out of the IGN uh, office and they were uh, like Travis take this. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, you were you were forced upon. It, it was forced upon you. Uh, that's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I hate stuff like that. Knickknacks and just I, no art on my walls. Nothing. You it's have just, no joy. It's okay. It's I don't. I don't. He's giving this speech in front of his background. You're absolutely. I know. No. I, I know. This it's, is the one no, on the wall. It's distilled Travis. Like literally, literally, when we started doing shows from home when COVID hit, and I was on Fire Team oh. Chat, they were like, "Travis, you have to have something. You can't just do blank wall." And I was like, "All right, fine." <laughs> so I had Bungie sent me all these photos. Like this is every decorative item I have in my house just on one wall to make it look like I'm a normal human. I That's want to imagine entire... that you just look off camera, you walk into the next sure. room, it's like the white box challenge on Basically. HGTV or something. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's like just walls. very just sterile and hopefully, clean. Hopefully his wife will, you know, bring some joy into his heart. Looks she like tries. Wonka vision. Yeah. She tries. <laughs> I, 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 I try to contain it to, you know, the back of the house or whatever. Uh, Don, thank you for the super chats today, man. Appreciate you. Take yeah, the man. seats back. Yeah, with the 499 Super Chat. Hi, I'm Al Pacino. Welcome to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> sorry. Wait, sorry. I can't, I can't see the teleprompter. Where am I? Yeah. I, f I felt, I mean, we all love it. We grew up with Al Pacino, right? Like, I mean, he's an icon. But Nobody doesn't like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I mean, what, what happened there? Like, he didn't, yeah, man. that's a shame. Is. Anyway, uh, painful discourse. <laughs> yeah, uh, there no. are rumblings of an Xbox event no. in January. I'm sure there are no. rumblings. Yeah. Yeah, there are always rumblings. I, in general, are... Xbox lives on rumblings that we're going to do better next year. They're the Detroit Lions yeah. right now of marketing video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had one good year. I've never even seen an event in January. I don't even remember. Like, it's a weird month. It's not going to happen. Well, Microsoft also does weird events, right? Because they, yeah. Microsoft, big company, will like slide in a gaming segment for their Windows update video. I mean, like, there's all sorts of weird stuff that they yeah, do. They're all over yeah, the place. Fair. Yeah. I could see them um, doing a Starfield specific event to get ahead of that. Maybe hope, also for Redfall. I, think I, hope, so. I hope they're all around a table speaking very seriously about the game. Look forward yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it'll probably be Todd Howard in a leather jacket being like, look how awesome this game is. But that's not, yeah, that's not different than what Bethesda used to do. I could see them, you know, getting to do that since this game is presumably supposed to be here before. Uh, my my current bet is 11-11-23. I think that's a fair guess. I, I, I think it is also equally likely that uh, it comes out like, the week of or week after E3 and that they include the Starfield blowout in like the, their E3 presentation. They shadow drop yeah. Starfield. No, they'll, <laughs> I mean, it's out now. Yeah. Dude, that, yeah, would, that, that, would, that would be amazing. Amazing. Good decision. But yeah, <laughs> we promised it before E3. We missed because we're going to do it at E3. Play it now. <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> I would love that. I think that'd be hilarious. All right, boys. Uh, so we got, uh, let's talk reveals. So we got a lot of reveals um, for, for new projects. And I, I quickly threw together a list while you guys were talking um, of kind of the big ones. So Hades 2 was a big one, I think, unexpected. I know a lot of people, especially in the season gaming arena, our contributors literally adore Hades. It is one of their favorite games of all time. Um, I, so I, this I, I know I'm not one. known for this. Can I add a smidgen of negativity on this announcement? Of course, you're, I would expect no less, Hope. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm always the most positive one on the stream. The one bit of negativity, because I'm excited for Hades 2. I'm going to play Hades 2. I love Hades. Um, I actually really like it when I see Super Giants, like, next thing. Um, and I, I do feel like, oh, we're not going to get that for more years now. Like, I like their weird stuff. I like Pyre. I, I like them going to the next world. Is it and Bastion, Hades 2, right? Yeah, a, a sequel 
it's like, oh, well, all right. I mean, we know what your tone is going to be. We know what you're going to try to achieve with this. It will be good. Um, but I, I kind of like them going and building worlds and doing weird things. And, and we're not going to get that, I think, for, you know, one extra iteration of their games. So it's all good. I would have followed up on Hades, too, if I were the businessman there. <laughs> I think they have uh, multiple teams at this point. I think they're okay. probably working on multiple things at once, um, which is the way you grow the business, right? You find something that works, you make a sequel to that, and then you fund use it to fund something new and try to get a second hit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're 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 right that the smart move business wise is to make Hades two, and I personally am extremely excited for it. It looks really cool. I'm excited to see how they make a sequel make sense in that world and all the new characters they're gonna have to introduce. Yeah. It seems like they're just sort of like swapping out the some of the mythos and I mean there's a way to do that. I I yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um but yeah, I'm excited. My favorite dating sim. <laughs> you and the dating sims. The combat, like uh, you know, they briefly show kind of the combat and stuff, and I mean it, it very clearly looks similar to your point. I'm kind of curious what they define as a sequel here, you know, what that what's actually gonna separate it from being the the original Hades and how they drive that forward. So I'm interested in it. It'll be good. Um, Hades is awesome. But yeah. The, the one thing I know, Tra I, I, uh, we just crossed 200 live. Thank you very much, everyone. Great to See? have you with us today. Love you it. have the power to put YouTube down. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing when they announced it, Tra I was thinking to myself, the first thing that popped in my head, Travis, was, oh God, Travis is going to cringe at that. And that is coming to early access so that you can help design the game with them. No, but and to I be clear, like, that's how Hades was built. I know. So Supergiant has done I know. that. I know. And, and Hades was worse before they went through this process. They're, they're basically two companies I really like for this right now. And it's and it's Supergiant and it's the, I, I never remember the how to pronounce their name correctly. It's the folks behind like Don't Starve that I thought used it very well, Clay. Um, and I, so there's, there's super, early access can work for these companies. It's just 100%. a very specific kind of way. 100%. Yeah, they have to manage I, it well, right? I don't yeah. know if you need it for a sequel of a game that's super. I don't know. It does it work for your second iteration where you where everybody said you nailed the. If you're trying to do anything new, I hope they do that. Uh, I mean that, that that's actually the thing that makes me cringe about sequels in general is when something's really unique and you get a sequel and you're kind of like, uh, does that make sense? Death Stranding too. Great example of that. Another one where you're kind of like sequel. I don't know. Yeah, um, again, I love Death Stranding to death. And I do sit, I do think, I think I was actually texting with you guys during the award show. I'm like, oh man, I don't, Death Stranding ended perfectly, perfectly. And it's like, ah, what, what are we doing? What are we doing yeah. with a sequel? We know That's how beloved story. franchise can be hurt by sequels at this point in our lives. So we have to watch <laughs> that very carefully. Well, that's what I was going to ask you guys, and we can jump to Death Stranding 2 next, because I didn't play it. wasn't the game for me, but I know Dan and Hogue, you both loved it. Uh, how did this trailer hit for you? I would say the same thing as he did. I, there's really no reason for it to exist. Um, I think we could have... Kojima is, to me, like like you've always said, and he's kind of like the more, you know, he'd be a really good director of movies, doing something to that effect. Um the gameplay wasn't like the, the the part in Death Stranding that really, you know, made me enjoy it as much as I'll you know, this, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, people call it a walking sim. It's not, but it's also, you know, it's not something that I think you can do a sequel to and it still be super super interesting. You know, I I just don't, I don't know, I don't, I'm I'm weary on it. 
you know, but it's weary or wary. Wary, I guess. Okay. Yes. You're cautious. Wary. I wasn't sure if it was making you sleepy. I'm also sleepy. Because so. I also <laughs> fell asleep during Death Stranding quite a number of times. <laughs> I, the, that game made me weary, not wary. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to your dating sims. Yes. I will. Dating sims are great. Don't oh, hate on my yeah. genre. I was going to go back and see how many times Kojima's name appeared from the beginning to the end of that segment, and I swear it's more than ten. I I, um, I, I can see four in my head. So. Oh, there were there were yeah. four on the final screen. <laughs> Never mind leading up to it. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that would have been a great time to announce whatever Kojima's working on with Xbox that's going to yeah. come out in twenty thirty two. People thought but, that uh, was coming. People thought. That I know, coming. man. That was one. I thought. I thought maybe we'd get a logo or some bullshit CGI trailer that tells you nothing about the game, like we got for Death Stranding for nine years before it came out or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's. I honestly, I, I, I don't know how real we're supposed to feel about Kojima times Xbox as a project. I mean, Death Stranding Two is a big freaking endeavor. So I, I don't know. And we, by the way, knew, we knew Death Stranding 2 for a while because Mr. Walking Dead can't keep his mouth shut. So we knew this was in process for years. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to I'm gonna throw something out there and you guys can either yell at me or agree with me. But uh, I've ranted before, as says Dan, I know, but I've ranted before about the uh, kind of um, respect that Kojima gets in this industry. Um, I think we need to uh, move that respect to the person that actually deserves it and start recognizing Miyazaki for who he is. He needs the level of hype that could. He's already get. been there. Now, hold on. Why? why no, okay. no, why he has bring, not. Why do you bring? Okay, yes, Miyazaki is one of the known folks, Ains. But why do you yeah. bring Kojima down to say that? What is it? Because the, the person Koji, that Kojima really doesn't deserve it. Miyazaki the does. really deserves it. It's no. Miyazaki. Yeah. No, no. They both. They both yes. deserve it. They both have an incredible yes. pedigree of games. But well, no, well, one has an incredible pedigree of games. Right, but Kojima I mean, has been around longer, so Miyazaki can get up there, Ains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll put also, Miyazaki Miyaz against Kojima every day. Miyazaki has successfully made basically one game. Like it's just one game iterated like five different times. But Kojima, like he's got breadth, dude. Like he's made so many different types of games over his career. It's it's impressive oh, yeah. stuff. Uh, and I this is coming from a guy who Death Stranding was not the game for me, but like Metal Gear Solid Five, loved it. It's just you know, everybody has misses. Uh, lest we forget, Miyazaki has no misses, sir. Bloodborne. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Miyazaki great. He has no misses. That's, that's yeah. where you want to die. Go ahead. Look it up. He has no misses. Hmm. All right. I'm just, you know, I'm messing around. All right. Uh, my favorite reveal of the show, Judas from finally yeah, I'm excited. ghost, ghost story it. games, uh, Ken Levine's new studio. He made very, very clear that he is the creator of Bioshock. And uh, the game looks like Bioshock, um, yeah. but it looks, uh, I'm hugely, hugely excited for this um, as Dan, I'll let you preach too, but uh, you know, Bioshock's one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, they've been working on this for a long time now. So uh, I really hope it delivers, but the trailer was incredible to me. I agree. Uh, I think it would have been better if he put from the creator of Bioshock, but not Bioshock 2. You know, it would give them kind of a little <laughs> bit more. Though. <laughs> the card was from the creator of Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's known as cool enough. <laughs> Not to. We didn't well, we knew. And I love to. Don't get me wrong. I, I love we knew it. what he was going to make, right? Like, this is the yeah. sort of game he makes. I wish 100%. it wasn't. I wish it, it wasn't. I mean, what else could he make? 
That's the problem. I, I, he's a human being. He's capable of I'm not sure he is. He's an artist. Well, it, it goes back to what we said about Kojima and Miyazaki. They, yeah. they specialize in I hate one the type man. of thing. Miyazaki's he's an arrogant piece of garbage. Oh, uh, super far up his butt. Yeah, they both are. Yeah, I'm not. No, get, get me wrong. Are they, you talking they, about Ken Levine, not me? Ken, yeah, no Ken, no, Ken Levine. About. Ken Levine. You know, very far up his butt. Uh, he, he's he's very pretentious. But you know what? He does a good job. You know, is he? People, I don't know that I've seen the pretentious side. I, I, granted, I don't know celebrities or anything about him, but. I, I reviewed um, <laughs> Bioshock. I reviewed Bioshock Collect the the remastered ones. Where yes, in in Bioshock One, you found reels that linked to a documentary, and it was like a forty minute documentary that they did over like five minute sections. You have to like go and find all the the reels, and then you you watch like a clip of it. And in that, I just remember Ken Levine being like, "Yeah, we were basically just throwing crap at the wall, and we got super lucky." And like it was, it was kind of like the most humble take on why Bioshock was successful ever. It was like them describing the comedy of errors. Where, well, we wanted it to be in space, but we didn't have the tech to do the draw distance right, so we thought, "Oh, we'll be underwater, and things will be murky because you can't see far away." Like every every like step of it, they were just like, "We were honestly just like." rolling with the punches and seeing if we could make a game and this is what came out of it and people loved it and i i i was cracking up watching that documentary because i was like wow they basically just lucked their way through bioshock existing so um yeah i don't know i i uh i don't know the guy but i that documentary definitely endeared me to him it's pretty down to earth i know ho i mean ho loves him i don't want to speak for him but i know that uh, he's actually one of the uh, the few kind of high-level named people in the game industry that I've had a somewhat substantial conversation with. Um, so he gave a keynote uh, address to where my brother graduated from essentially game development school. Awesome. Um, so I was able to chat with him. I think this would have been before Infinite. It would have been after Bioshock, <laughs> before Infinite. Uh, and I was able to you know, chat with him about you know what the message was he was trying to convey in, in Rapture and uh, things along those lines. And um, I, I I think Travis, he feels very highly about himself. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I think you should if you deliver creative products that have that level of success. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I wasn't satisfied with his answers in terms of the, the thoughts going into what he was presenting as symbology and things in, in Rapture and, and the commentary. But that's OK. Reasonable minds can differ. On this yeah. type of stuff, I, I, I again, we you know we call out Troy Baker, we call out you know whatever Neil Druckmann, Ken Levine. There is a certain <laughs> uh, Hideo Kojima, um, mm. uh, you know Miyazaki. It, there's a certain amount of belief in self that is required to put yourself out there in products. For sure, and that's I think true. that um, that's going to be self-selecting in, in certain ways. And I think it's important to remember that because we are all benefited by folks willing to throw themselves out there on this type of stuff. Uh, so I think there's a certain amount of natural egotism from that role. Uh, but I didn't find Ken Levine to be uh, any more or less than the other the other folks that yeah. are operating in these industries. For sure. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Fair well, point. He came and, off and, very and, well and, in that documentary. That's all I'll say. I, uh, it was. It, by the way, if you haven't watched it, you can watch it on YouTube and it's tidy. It's super funny. Like just all the low budget decisions they made, like how they <laughs> they couldn't afford to build a model for 
the nurse lady in that point. It's just so she's behind glass and it's just, they were like, Oh, we'll just put a splicer and we'll cast her in shadow. And we'll be like, people might think it's noir. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just all the stuff that they did in that game would just cracked me up every, every step of the way. So that's that, actually, um, that, that actually matches with the answers that, and, and the, the questions I was giving him about Randy and objectivism and various capitalistic tendencies. Yeah. Well, he, and he, 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 it's a very superficial kind of like, Thought it would be a cool vibe type thing. It's like, yeah, all right, basically, great. basically, yeah. He he. I think he had just read Atlas Shrugged, and he was like, "Well, what kind of world would someone like that build?" And then kind of just wanted it to be a space station and ended up underwater because they didn't have the budget for space. the designer of System Shock Two wanted a space yeah. station. This is a surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, I love. It's, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I, the game, sorry, the I, game create the game creation is fascinating to me. So I just it like is. it when you get to see like no, how that's they what, that's exactly what I was just gonna say, Travis. Yeah. Like. I love hearing how games are created because there's so many crazy stories and so many things that they do to uh, that the audience never knows about, which is amazing. Um, all right. So uh, speaking of From Software, we got Armored Core 6. They, we knew this was coming. This leaked a little while earlier this year, um, but we did get the official trailer, a fantastic trailer, by the way, for Armored Core 6 Rise of the Rubicon uh, from From Software coming in 2023. It, this is not being directed by Miyazaki um but uh someone else in the studio i forget his name now but um pretty exciting to see armor core coming back big and bold now again with miyazaki i mean would you say his whatever his early armored cores were were not misses no i am i was gonna say armor core is a pretty beloved ip i'm not a huge not all not all of them are good not all of them are good he has what i've heard he has misses that's definitely i was thousand armored cores right uh, they they made I think there's four of them. I don't know if he did all of them or not, Hogue. I don't know. He didn't do all of them. One of them is somebody else, but he he worked on some of them, and not all of oh, them are good. Thank you, Ash, in the chat. It's the uh, director of Sekiro is directing Armored Core Six. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah, thank you. He's doing something else. I gotta imagine. <clears throat> yeah. uh, well, they've got Elden Ring expansions coming, so they are um, they do have more content for Elden Ring, and he, he said on stage he has ideas for stuff beyond Elden Ring that they're working on. So. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> we got Final Fantasy 16, Hogue's Game of 2023, coming in hot. Uh, we got a new trailer for this. Um, for the record, this trailer confused me even more <laughs> than what this game is attempting to be in the Final Fantasy realm. But anyway, what'd you think? Oh, after the solidification of the, the rated M for matures and the Peggy 18 pluses and everything else on Final Fantasy 16, the action fighting extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I have no idea. I, I, um, I, that trailer did less than nothing for me. I, it, well, let, let me say this. Let's start with positives. Um, at least in trailer form, it, it looks fantastic. I mean, like they're, they're, they're not working in Luminous Engine, which you can tell immediately. Uh, and it looks good. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's that's worthwhile. I, I, I've not seen any Final Fantasy go through whatever it is now, six trailers, seven trailers, and really not talk about anything to invest you in their world, right? They have the one that kind of goes through the kingdoms, like superficially, like very high level. Yeah. And almost all of them are more like this one that they put on the Game Awards, which is like, look at us hitting things. Look at big things hitting things. Look at other big things being called in to hit things uh, and get excited. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the kingdom one that they initially showed is what 
raise my level of interest because I prefer that approach for Final Fantasy because I like the older school Final Fantasy where you've got these kingdoms at war and kind of the, the fantasy aspect of it. But since then, it's just it seems to be all over the place. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I've pre-ordered it because you get two steel books, and then you you put two steel books out. And I'm going to order your game. I mean, what it doesn't do really matter what it is. For one game, I don't understand this collector process. Oh, I got two Elden Ring ones right there. Why? What do you mean why? Because well, I have cool. a statue. Why? <laughs> no, no, because I, it looks why cool. Put it, why put a painting? No, but I mean, steel books mm-hmm. are ostensibly functional, right? You put a disc in them. Oh no, they're for display nowadays. But no physical one, no media one puts is, in them. <laughs> physical media is not functional. I would argue it's. Travis, there's, I'm just going no to reason you and your and your your empty life over there with your white walls. Okay, it I'm going to get you a padded gonna, suit for Hanukkah. I'm sustainability. Fantasy 16. They're clearly putting a lot of money and resources in it. I'm essentially <clears> going to be a blank slate as to expectations. So they have every opportunity to win me over. Uh, but as it stands right now, with the taste of the Forspoken demo in my mouth, which is not fair to uh, Yoshi P, uh, you still look at Square Enix and say. Mm, no uh, and this and honestly for me final fantasy has been my favorite franchise forever but if you think about the years here you know final fantasy 15 is years ago and was not a big win final fantasy 14 is a biggish win was released in a tra- in a terrible state and you really need to invest in it to get to where i'm told there's a good state final fantasy 13 had the travails that we all know of final fantasy 12 is effectively unfinished people don't like to talk about that but it just dives into the end of Final Fantasy 12 and spends way too much time climbing mountains and things like that. Final Fantasy 11 back to MMO. Final Fantasy 10 I think is the last kind of universally praised game in the series and that's the top PS2. of the PlayStation 2 generation. Right. So, I mean Final Fantasy 7 remake is doing its own thing. That's honestly the best thing that I think the franchise has done, but it's not part of the main series. So, I Final Fantasy 16 we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm currently referring to it as Devil May Crystal because I think it is funny and I amuse myself. Uh, but uh, that is that is that is where it's at. And now that I know that it's you know rated M for mature, I don't know whether that means that they're just going to bloody up some kids like we've seen in all the trailers, or whether they they're killed a chocobo like, in the trailer. Like, they did they? Yeah, I think did they the really. First time we've actually before. seen one. Yeah, I didn't miss that. They've or killed those before. That. I can still remember the beginning of the. Uh, Final Fantasy, whatever it is, Final Fantasy Zero, I think, um, where you, you start with a dead chocobo. Uh, but it's, I don't know. I It worries me that they're trying to be edgy. I think it looks different than the edginess of Forspoken. It looks like they're trying to build Game of Thrones out of the damn thing. So I don't know. I don't know. Go read the list of the things that the various regulatory bodies say are in this game. Maybe I, I the for, lead I character's one, just going to curse every five seconds. That's yeah. a risk. As a, Sorry, as a casual Travis. Final Fantasy consumer uh, who has no stake in the, the series, really, success or failure, I, or really, does anybody have a stake in any success or failure of a game? Square Enix uh, shareholders. Shareholders, yeah, aside from that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I... I, I I like that there's a breath of fresh air in the franchise. I don't know that the... It's only fresh air. They've forgotten everything that is their foundation. It's been fresh I, air for I mean, four that's iterations what, now. That's that's what games do. They they adapt and they try to find something that works. And I think uh, 
they're, they look like they're having fun. That game looks super like fun and just out there and you know, they're doing crazy stuff. And I, part of it, part of the thing that I like about final fantasy is just the weirdness of the worlds that they make. And they're not as crazy as Xenoblade, but they're a lot more polished, uh, in a lot of ways. So I, I like to live in that space. And, uh, um, I, you know, I, I definitely don't have any sacred cows here when it comes to what the gameplay needs to be like or what features have to be in Final Fantasy to make it a Final Fantasy. I'm going to play this game. And and so far, uh, the trailer did more to make me like, OK, well, I I was planning on playing it. Now I'm still going to play it. And it looks like it's got some dark stuff going on. They're killing chocobos and stuff. So it'll be cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. I want to. What, what's the point of having a series called Final Fantasy if you just can't try you know, balls to the wall out their stuff and, and experiment. I feel like that's the purpose of that franchise. At least that's the way I've, I've seen it is, you know, they, they're, they're untethered from each game so they can just try new and weird stuff. And I like that. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it lands. I, uh, obviously I hope it's great. Uh, and I seriously do have it pre-ordered now. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens with it. With two, uh, steel books, two steel books. Damn right. Um, <laughs> let's get some uh let's catch up on super chats we got a few that are sitting on here with a very generous super chat from mr detective seeds yeah with the 49.99 super chat thank you detective seeds even though it looks like you're not here because you got to bounce to play more of the witcher 3 next gen have a great show love nice. the vibe and convo uh, Thanks, i don't blame man. you i'm no, about to leave these guys so they can I, continue without me literally if i had it right now i'd have been like yeah guys i'm not feeling great i'm gonna make <laughs> 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 Detective Seeds, very generous, man. Thank you very much. Hope you're enjoying The Witcher. Um, excited to talk about it again with everyone for like the 10th time this week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yep. Pompa I now. Pompa with the $10 super chat. You guys excited about Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores and Cyberpunk 2777 Phantom Liberty. Two things that are on the list that we hadn't gotten to yet. So good timing yeah. on this one. Um, I know the two of you love uh, Forbidden West. You excited about this expansion? Which, by the way, PS5 only. Super they weird. They said that it is not coming to PS4 because is that a party they're... File? Can we ask the question? Is that is that a party file by Sony on this? Selling the game? Oh. weird. They believe in weird. generations, Hoke. Yeah, I've been seeing that a lot. <laughs> it does seem so. weird to release the, the game and to not only release the game, but to have quotes defending their technology in releasing the game on PS4. And then have an expansion with a quote that says, "To reach our vision, it has to be PS5 only." They, Didn't they? Uh, haven't, they haven't they done this before? Wasn't the Spider-Man Miles DLC also PS5? Or did that no? The Spider-Man Miles Morales is on both, but you could only okay. get their remake featuring Tom Holland as Spider-Man <laughs> on the PlayStation. Yeah, the 5. original game's remake is PS5 only, and then it's yeah. only sold, I think, in a bundle with Miles Morales. There's a Sony. It's a mess. God bless you. Your business mm -hmm. models are interesting. But no, uh, Miles Morales is on both. Yeah. In yep. fact, everything's on both. I mean, Ragnarok is almost clearly designed in certain ways with crevices that Dan hates and whatnot because it has to operate mm -hmm. on the four. Oh, it's yeah. not just Dan. Yeah. <laughs> GT7 yeah. was both. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're cross-gen fully. Well, what I, I guess what I don't understand about it is that do they – I don't understand game development at all. So they, they developed an entire game. On a was a decima engine, is that right? Decima, and, right? Correct. And then, the and then Death Stranding. Like, what could possibly, you know, I would think downgrading would be easier than upgrading, you know. And this is my basic dumb dumb knowledge of, you know, how to develop a game. But it seems like they would have to use the same engine as Horizon, you know, Forbidden West, 
Yes. So, oh, it's not a different engine, man. So yeah, it's basically the same thing. It, it, it so could it, it could be thing? it could be that they have um, you know, so many assets and a draw distance, and it just performs like crap on the PS4, and they're having trouble optimizing it, and so their solution is to mm. just not put it anywhere. But there are things that are so big and ambitious that that. It's not that you couldn't put them on previous gen. It's just that it doesn't really fit. It's not the experience that you want consumers to have. And so you drive them toward a more powerful okay, box. That, that, that is a thing. It's just that it's not common and it sort of makes it feel like you didn't plan uh, the release kind of model and what platforms it was going to be on. It's just a messaging problem, I think. And like a, a maybe a pre-plan. Well, it feels bad, game. man, right? You bought it does, yeah. PS4. If you bought the base game on PS4. You want to see the end of your story? Presumably there'll be one DLC. You want to see You want to see the end of what we were producing for this? Uh, good luck. Go buy PlayStation 5, which we just yeah. increased the price of if you're not in the United States. <laughs> the price of it. And also uh, they do not have an easy path for upgrading to the ps5 version and carrying your file over and all that stuff the playstation's lacking in that kind of category so um yeah it's it it's they're usually like 20 step fun things you have to do to cross over yeah at, at least they have uh, at least yeah. they have games though i don't know <laughs> right they, and I, think uh... Travis, I mean I, that's the fight you're gonna see yes sony has games uh but their release schedule and their, and their release models are very interesting yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's worth I think that's worth mentioning. Now yeah. we don't have to they, spend an entire hour talking about how the Hollywood sign would not survive a thousand years in a post-apocalyptic environment, but that's okay. Hey, you don't know that Hollywood is eternal. I do know that. <laughs> the um, so Dan, they do have uh, uh, Gorilla has done some actual GDC talks around stuff they had to cut from Zero Dawn because of the hardware, mm -hmm. um, which are really interesting. Like there's a reason you couldn't fly on their uh, whatever the name of the flying pterodactyl thing is in the first mm -hmm. one that was planned for the first game and they couldn't get it to work. So they had to do some really funky stuff to get that to work in um, Forbidden West. Um, so I, I'd be curious to your point to understand exactly what it is, why they decided, or maybe it could be as simple as development. I mean, you're talking about resources at, at this point, right? To develop right. the game on both, you, you need additional resources. Maybe Gorilla just said, we're only going to dedicate a smaller team to do this expansion. The rest of us are moving on to whatever project they're doing next, and they're just not going to dedicate the resources to it. I no. can't look at Sony with anything but cynicism after the past year of messaging. So I say, hey, if we can use a DLC to move people to the next box, damn it, we'll Could use be a that DLC too? to move people to the next box. Yeah. And I'm yeah. glad that... um. I'm glad that the studio views Los Angeles the same way NorCal people do, which is an apocalyptic hellstorm. Cal California DLC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Papa always also asks about Phantom Liberty, which, uh, as Amit points out in the chat, the same thing. It is uh, next gen only, so you can have Cyberpunk oh, on PS4, Xbox One, but you're not playing Phantom Liberty on it. So, huh. I the thing that jumped out at me on this, I'm just going to be honest. I love Idris Elba. I really do. And basically yeah. everything he's in. They did not learn their lesson or they were already too far in development on their lesson of the problems that having celebrity uh, voice work and integrating it into their game had. They're wasting money on things that are relatively minor in the experience. Keanu Reeves, I think, was probably the worst mistake they made in making Cyberpunk. Love Keanu Reeves. I disagree, but go ahead. Well, and go look at how they evolved their game and how they changed what they were doing with it to accommodate Keanu Reeves. I see what I you mean. Keanu, yes, the I don't yes. think yeah. Keanu Reeves brings a great performance. Yeah. And this is—he's not a voice actor. I, it's fine. 
Uh, but like, I don't think that it worked out very well. I think it pushed him back. I think part of what happened with Cyberpunk is a result of that. And I suspect Idris Elba was actually signed for this way a long time ago uh, for for this particular DLC. But the very first thing that jumps to mind is, oh, they did it again. They 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 did it again. And this is to me kind of the one of the things video game companies do and get confused by. It's not the same problem, but it's like Peter Dinklage and Destiny. Yes, that is exactly the example <laughs> yeah, I was going to do because yeah. okay. the pro the problem with casting celebrity voice actors is that their their your ability to access them is limited. And if you make changes to your game or if you're adding stuff to your game, you have to try to get them again. And that's why Destiny had to recast Peter Dinklage because you are not going to get that guy in a recording booth every month for your, you know, new season pass dialogue. And so their solution was to never have your ghost speak during the later days of that. And so it, it's like a, if you're, if you are doing a one shot, you better record VO when you don't have anything else to add and not plan on releasing a sequel or DLC that involves that person at all, because uh, accessibility to that access to that actor and that voice is incredibly <laughs> difficult. I also just think it, it, it's kind of one of those things that doesn't matter a ton, you know, it's, it's not, I don't think it draws a lot of people in like, Oh, well, if Idris Elba's in it, I'm for sure going to, you know, play that game. It, it's sort of a different movies do do that because you want to see the, the sexy, the sexy, uh, you know, cop on, on, uh, on your big screen. But uh, I, I, to me, it, I just think it's, it is a it's an unnecessary distraction, and I say that as somebody who thought that Keanu Reeves did pretty pretty good in Cyberpunk. Also, this was the this was the one of the announcements I was most excited about. Uh, I'm really excited. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's also it's weird to me though, Travis, because all I ever hear as a Halo fan is that Bungie's infallible. So I yeah I don't know where they went wrong there. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you, uh, Bungie is probably the most fallible. I've ever if you saw them, they want to be an open revolt happening online right now. <laughs> yes. I have very short you know, memories. So uh, what's funny is, uh, is right now they released a dungeon on Friday and the dungeon okay. doesn't work and is broken, Sweet. but their Amazing. social, their social media, uh, they forgot to unschedule those tweets promoting the dungeon that you can definitely Sweet. play this weekend. Yeah. And so like, we're getting tweets this morning. They're like, have you had a chance to jump in with your friends yet? And we're like, no, we haven't. Thanks, Spongy. Yeah, so uh, it's uh, yeah. It's my son, he, he he was cussing it out. You know, it was just like, God, I hate this stupid game. He's stupid death. And then you know, ten seconds later, he's like, Oh man, you hear about what this what's coming out for Destiny? I'm just like, Dude, I mean, I don't understand it. I said, I know another guy that has this love hate relationship with this. Yeah, with this. You know, it's, it's, it's insane. It's it's sunk cost fallacy. It's it's uh, um, you know. Uh, it's more like Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome, a little <laughs> bit. It, it, it's, there's a little bit of that. Uh, I I think it's um, love hate relationship. The thing I always say on Destiny is it's uh, one of the best and ten of the worst games I've ever played, and you know I stand by that. I still think it has some of the best shooting in video gaming. But Ains, can we segue to this? Because how did you feel about Lightfall and its showing? Oof. I yeah. Okay. I good. Honestly... I had an oof feeling too. That, yep. It didn't. So it didn't the, show well for me. I would. He said Ains, Travis. So why don't you be quiet sorry. for a second? All right. <laughs> sorry, it was definitely right. related. Do I have to mute you? I'll mute you. <laughs> mute no, me. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no. In all seriousness, I don't. Uh, Travis is the better person to speak to this. For it's me, not... as a as a non Destiny player who kind of dabbles occasionally, it didn't do much for me. It looked like they're trying to capitalize on this kind of uh, synth wave vibe that seems to be happening in in a in a culture right now but it didn't do anything for me i was like what is this this, this doesn't it seems counter to the 
thing I like about Destiny, which is the sci-fi fantasy. It seems like they're they're trying to they're trying to be um God, what's the word? They're trying to be kind of cool, you know. They're trying to yeah, like like Far Cry when it did the the Cyber Dragon thing. It just doesn't. Know? Yeah, it doesn't fit with what I think of Destiny. I don't know how the community feels about it, Travis. Yeah, Travis. Oh, How so this know? is the hilarious part is I appear to be the only person in the community who holds that opinion, Ains, and it's oh, super right. funny to hear people who don't play Destiny saying that exact same thing. People ate up the Lightfall trailer and its mood and its okay. tone when it was originally really? revealed, and oh, they were the like, original, yeah, yeah. Oh. original reveal a while ago, and they were like, yeah, yeah right. this is going to be great, and it, they showed a lot more in the original reveal than they showed in that trailer, um, and so people were just like super stoked, and my initial reaction was, Guys, this is supposed to be the penultimate chapter to the super dark story. Right. Where we're finally right. meeting the person. And it feels like a fun summer vacation where you go to <laughs> right. a Saturn and you have like a Tron adventure. And I was like, the tone is completely wrong. The I feel like the entire thing that they're trying to sell you is a vibe. They're like, oh, look at this. Exactly. Vibe. That's it's a like good a, word. It's yeah. a futurist, you know, retro futurist, uh, you know, techno vibe, EDM. Let's all, you know, put on our, our sparklers and <laughs> what are they? The, the go party glow in the, the dark, glow, glow in the dark. Uh, yeah. Bracelets and stuff. And I, I, uh, to me, it feels completely frivolous. And I, my initial thought was I'm worried because when the witch queen was coming out, you could feel the gravity to it. It felt like the final pieces were all coming together. There was this big confrontation. There was this big villain that we'd heard about forever and it was all going up to it. This is literally like, Hey, there's a bunch of new characters on this planet that we didn't know about in a city that's been hidden for all these years. And you're going to go on this fun journey and you're going to unlock some new powers. Oh, and who's the villain? Oh, it's this like C lister that no one except for the most <laughs> hardcore destiny players would even understand who they are or why they're important. And it has nothing to do with the main premise. And my only thought is that they are misleading us that they are presenting it this way because they cannot advertise the thing that Lightfall is actually about. Because the this DLC is called Lightfall. It's literally supposed to be like the fall of human civilization before the final shape, which is the, the, the final chapter of the Light and Darkness saga that's happening the year after. And so if your DLC is called Lightfall and it doesn't feature light falling or some sort of like dark <laughs> story where bad things happen, it's I do not know falling. what you're doing. And so my only thought is, my only thought, possible thought is that this is just marketing. They're showing the first half or the first piece of it in the same way that they marketed um, Forsaken as, hey, Cade died and you got to get revenge. And that's not really what that DLC was about. That was just sort of like the opening chapters and it was kind of the kicking off point. So my hope is that the kicking off point is is techno retro futurist. And yeah, I, I listen to the last word if you want to hear me talk about this for multiple hours a, a week. But uh, I, <laughs> I I, really I'm curious. I, I'm not happy with the way that they're marketing it, and I my only <clears throat> hope is that it's a ploy. That's really where I'm at. Yeah. The, because the, as the, a non, I'm not remotely as deeply invested as you, Travis. But it, one of the things that I really liked was just the title. I liked I liked Lightfall as a concept when they announced all of the all the various things, and then I and then I came across it for really the first time at Game Awards. It's like wow. It, Give me like '80s arcade vibe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's weird. happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's weird. Maybe, maybe the big bad will be voiced by Michael Madsen. It's so. not. We already know. <laughs> oh, the, no. we, already, okay. we already, we already know the big bad, and he's, yeah. uh, he's some, he's just like a fat old, uh, uh, 
you guys, it doesn't matter. You don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, what? But anyway, he's more 80s arcade vibes. <laughs> he's not, though. He's not our 80s arcade guys. He's like a, he's like an obese Roman emperor, like the, the fat one that just like would, you know. Callus who, who is, or whatever? Callus. That's the bad guy. <laughs> exactly. Nobody I cares. I'm out. I yeah, can never, fact, I can never fact that you got a reference is again. amazing. Um, it was yeah. the first raid, I think. Or maybe uh, I'm first raid in Destiny 2. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's enough. That's way too much destiny as it is. Mm, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but no, I, to your point, an original question as a, as a dabbler in destiny that did nothing for me to want to play it, Witch queen, I was like, this looks cool. This looks like a proper campaign. I, I could get invested in this with this. I looked at it and I was like, Oh, it's forgettable. Very yeah. forgettable. What's funny is I think they were expecting the opposite. I think they were like, we'll put out these trailers to get in the casuals and then the hardcore will know what we're actually doing with this DLC and it'll be serious. But instead, what they've done is kind of made the fans be like, oh, it's going to be a fun little summer adventure. And then the people who aren't fans are like, this sort of looks like frivolous, like Fortnite event. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah, are they yeah, putting exactly. this out? Uh, yeah. So Fortnite looks better um, Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, my favorite. Uh, about definitely a better live service model. Yeah. Well, but the Unreal Engine Five is doing some work in Fortnite. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's impressive, no doubt. Um, my favorite, not necessarily reveal, but my favorite trailer and my favorite thing. Well, I said Judas is my favorite reveal, but my favorite thing overall, most anticipated, is Diablo Four, um, without a doubt. So this is Diablo Four is coming. So you mentioned June earlier. Diablo Four is coming June sixth. And if you pre-order the Ultimate Edition, you get it June 2nd. They're doing the whole early release thing. Um, four days. So, I think Activision's always done that, haven't they? Like, since I, they, I, since anybody started doing it, was an Activision first at the trough? I think they were. I, I think EA might have jumped them, but, wouldn't you know. Surprise you know. Me. No, I, th I think Activision was the leader on that one. They started, because they did it with Call of Duty, where you could get it a couple days early. I, I think the campaign I think launched right early this year. Yeah. yeah. It's my memory, but I don't, who knows? Um... But anyway, the the trailer was a great follow up to the real uh, original cinematic trailer for Diablo Four. Um, their their cinematics are spectacular, and I am ridiculously pumped for this game. They timed it well because not only did they market this well, but they had the preview impressions from IGN and other major outlets this week, kind of showing. And I know Ryan McCaffrey put his thing out on it, and plenty of other creators did too. Uh, and they are all. I try not to watch a lot of footage because I'm trying to go in dark, but I listen to some stuff and everyone is raving about how good it is. So uh, I am absolutely pumped about this. Pumped. Same. Everyone is definitely not raving. I mean, I think you can read a bunch of different uh, reviews of the, pre of the preview stuff. Um, okay. But I've listened to several and they were all not reviews, but uh, raving. But they're reviews of what they played. Yeah. Yeah. First, uh, I, I, I understand this, but they're talking about what they played. Or something? First 10 hours, something like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, in level 25 and stuff. I, you know, I read a bunch yes. of articles as well. Um, yeah, it looks great. It also has some kind of singer person that I don't have any idea who that is. So I didn't know who it was either. Halsey, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's oh. why I joke. I joke yeah, you were like, Halo person. <laughs> yeah, Cortana's going to show up shortly. No. Yeah. Um, that was weird. Only after the acquisition succeeds, right? <laughs> now with Halo content. Yeah, so Diablo in June. Uh, on the same day as the Ultimate Edition, June 2nd, we get Street Fighter VI. So uh, Street Fighter, you know, legendary IP fighting game, blah, blah, blah. I don't have to talk about Street Fighter, but um, I'm very it. excited. Have you played Street Fighter VI? Yeah, I yeah, I did the I'm preview for it, remember? Uh, for uh, Tokyo Game Show. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Uh, 
it's very 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 smooth and very 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 pretty it's like a game that impresses you like four seconds and you're just like god damn like this is like mm. so buttery smooth it was a really really cool game so i'm excited yeah i'm super pumped for am that. i right to think that now uh breath of the wild 2 which i know you don't care about ains but uh and diablo are like within 10 days of each other on launch something like that may 12th close. i thought was tears of the kingdom i believe someone correct me in the chat i'm not going to google it right now i think it's may 12th but you can look someone can tell me um and then may 26th so the end of may and june are crazy may 26th is finally we got the date for suicide squad uh, kill the Justice League um, uh, because they combined it with an announcement that Batman is going to be in the game voiced by Kevin Conroy and they did kind of a uh, homage to him which was nice so uh, we get uh, Suicide Squad finally from Rocksteady about 19 years later you got it it's the 12th May 12th okay so you get you've got Zelda you've got Suicide Squad you've got Street Fighter 6 you've got Diablo 4 and there, I swear there's Final something 16. else in May. Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, yeah, Final Fantasy 16. All within four weeks? Yeah, four, six. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. And they seem pretty certain in those dates for the most part. Um, I yeah. don't know why Nintendo would tell us a date if they didn't think they were going to hit that. Although, Nintendo has not shown us anything from Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Just so that trailer. Yeah, That's interesting. Yeah, we'll but, see. I mean... Yeah, no, Diablo 4, I think I texted you this as well, Ains, which is I said, yeah. okay, it's it's winning me over. There's some stuff in there that I've read in the previews and th some things. I still don't yeah. love this kind of live service, open world, fight with your friends, yeah. whatever they're doing at the end. Nobody knows the end game. They haven't shown that yet. Um, so I don't... The friend game is the end game. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we can all be friends. Yeah, Travis. Uh, I think they... So for Diablo fans, uh, the 15th, it is the 11th as we record this. On the 15th, they are doing a uh, de developer live stream where they're showing, I think it's called the Codex of Power, which I think ties into the end game, to your point. And it is also the day Collector's Edition goes live with the Steelbook, which I will be ordering. Haynes, <laughs> <laughs> every time you pre-order something, I want a full inventory of what tchotchkes and other materials you are collecting that collector's he makes videos of them so you can find that out exactly what he's getting it's true it's very and true. i will make a video of this his impact on land landfills with all these collector's editions okay. that'll be my contribution okay. he didn't make them and sell them he's just buying them yeah that's sort of the causality though yeah i think uh I think it is TBD to your point, Hogue, around the Diablo experience has been where co-op is obviously a big part of it, but it is not a, you can certainly play the other Diablos offline by yourself and have a great time. Whereas this one is definitely online only the um, hub worlds, the uh, cities and the towns are like path of exile, which is where it's uh, there's other people, you know, there live people. Um, and they're going to have world events as well. Things that pop up in the open world. So implementation is key right it, it could be fantastic it could be poor it could be anywhere in between but well, with an um, all online diablo presentation i would not anticipate playing diablo 4 on the day that it is scheduled to release <laughs> you're not joking man diablo 3's launch was a literal nightmare uh even overwatch 2 here in 2022 was broken for days um i'm very nervous i'm gonna be excited about diablo 4 launching and i'm already nervous i'm not gonna be able to play it for a few days so we'll see uh the last thing i had on our list was tekken 8 i'm not a big tekken fan i know there are big tekken fans um tekken they're really yeah really excited for eight here so we got to see more of that um cool. great lore in that game <laughs> it is it's 
It's got great lore. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's, he's not joking because i know there's like family character stories but yeah, it's you know cool. I, it has great lore the same way fast and furious has great lore. all right travis i'm gonna need a video breakdown travis of the multiple endings and character arc for the kangaroo from tekken 2 to tekken 8 i'm sure that there's a youtuber who can give it to you <laughs> i'm sure that exists right. yeah probably right <laughs> Um, we got a couple other things I'll mention in terms of reveals. I know there's a lot, but uh, what about this game called Crime Boss, which announced like ten real actors and actresses? Again, um, payday trying to make trying to make itself known. It looks like a Saints Row trying to be a movie. I think it's payday. Yeah. I mean, it's based the on payday the creators. Talk. Well, I don't know. If, I don't no, think it's payday creators. No, I think it looks. They're, make, like... they're making payday three, actually. Yeah. Well, postal six after after almost going out of business and having a huge fraud thing and then having to reform right. themselves. And I've been following that epic for a while. It's crazy. <laughs> it to me, at least to me, it looks like it's a first person heist game um, from the clips that we saw. But it's not like they detailed what the game is, which had a couple of problems at the Game Awards. Right, like that game was a little bit unclear. Although you did get clips of first person shooting in banks and things. There was one called like immortals or immortalis or something that i have no like they didn't even establish what it is their game is it's supposed to come out next year uh you know sometimes developers do that kind of thing yeah yeah so there's that um there's lords of the fallen which is uh if you're not familiar with this right they had the original way back in like 2013 they planned a sequel uh it was kind of a souls like they planned a sequel they canceled the sequel went to a new studio bigger team they're kind of rebooting the whole ip from scratch but uh what i've seen of this game so far looks fantastic now obviously gameplay etc will tbd but i uh, love what i'm seeing out of this one uh you know for someone like me who loves these games or loves those types of games i should say um got a bayonetta origins they you know they got really excited about a new bayonetta game and then showed a game that's anything but bayonetta which i found interesting um looks like you know i guess if you're into that uh, ip in that world that could be something interesting got Earthblade, which is from the creator of celeste which was one of the top games when it released i know it was up for game of the year in several areas uh very highly rated but Earthblade is their next game although it did say in the release that it's not coming till 2024 so that's certainly no time soon um and then uh yeah banishers yeah so anything else you guys want to call out on the reveals i think you got to give travis star wars Oh, yeah, Star Wars, of course, um, Jedi Survivor. So coming in March, as expected. I, I tell you what, I'm excited for that game. Um, I know you guys are, all three of you are better uh, Star Wars aficionados than I am. But the, the actual gameplay they showed in that trailer didn't do much for me. I'm like, this it is looked not identical. It was really wild how much it looked like the old Jedi game. So, I mean, Travis said he thought it looked spectacular. I, I, I disagree, not because I, I thought Jedi uh, Fallen Order was fine. Uh, but like it, it, I, I felt like I had played that when that trailer had ended. Hmm. So are, are there two protagonists? Did I get that right? Is that what it looks like to you? Did it look like it was like the one guy and then the other guy with like the pistols, like the Han Solo-ish guy that was kind of, did I, maybe I saw it and nobody else did. I, I, I saw, what are you talking about? <laughs> it, we're talking about Star Wars, right? Yeah. Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, We're talking about like the trailer, I thought I saw another guy that was fighting alongside him that had some kind of blasters, and I was wondering since the blaster was one of the pre-order bonuses, the blaster skin, uh, that maybe that was a second playable character in the game. You know what I'm saying? 
No. Hmm. I don't, I don't remember seeing a second person in the trailer. Uh, Joe there says yes. Joe says yes, okay. and Josh said it looked like a support character. Yes, there was a Han Solo looking dude. Yes, yeah, they also was. they also they also kind of set up. Sorry, I was I was trying to delay speaking because uh, the UPS guy was blasting his music. Apparently, he's never heard of headphones. Um, <laughs> so uh, he's like right out front of my house. He's like delivering mail, just jamming. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, they they actually had kind of set up the potential for other characters being possible possibly playable in uh, uh, Fallen Order. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they were holding some secrets, but I think they did sh show some new stuff, right? There were some new enemies. There were uh, dual lightsaber. That's different. We'll see how that uh, kind of uh, changes things. But maybe maybe alluding to new fighting styles or ability to customize more than in uh, Fallen Order one. Um, the or sorry, I can't call it Fallen Order. <laughs> Fall, fallen, yeah, because it's that's this the name of the first game. Yeah, no, they should have yeah. kept Fallen. I think. I, I think that was yeah. the one they should have kept, but it's fine. But yeah, the original game is great, and to me, was always a proof of concept because there were areas that it fell short. Uh, you know, it, it it we have talked about its map a lot. Uh, there cool. were certainly there were certainly ways that they could have improved sort of the Metroidvania uh, situation. Um, any enemy diversity, uh, the, um, what was the big one I was going to talk about that, that did look much better in this one. The overall jankiness uh, of jumping boxes and hit boxes. Oh yeah. The, the janky, the jankiness, that sort of stuff. And also, um, the fact that there's nothing you can customize about your character is pretty bad because to me, that's sort of part of the, if you're going to do the, the souls like formula, I feel like you need to add more RPG elements. And so. I think that that's what they were alluding to with the double lightsaber thing is maybe there's going to be a few fighting styles and maybe you can equip, you know, a cool. blaster, blaster in one hand or who there knows were what a few fighting do, styles but... in fallen order. I mean, you had the double. No. Blade. Yeah, you could do you double. double blade. Blade. Oh, right, right. Yeah. You got, you unlocked different um, lightsabers. There was no duel, right? I'm not making there, that there, was, was. there was double. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no, they were, double. you could take them apart. Think... You could. Yeah, you absolutely. There were, there were certain moves that where you could you had the dual bladed and then you took them apart. And God, has it really been that long since I played yeah. this game? It's funny, yeah. I 100 percent of it too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think those were more like stances to me. For some reason, the 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 turning on the second lightsaber, they clearly set that up in the trailer like that was a reveal. Like, okay, now he's got another one. Yeah. And so what the way that said to me is like, I think there's going to be an inventory screen now where maybe you can kind of you know, customize or choose like I, I hope I, so. this is lighting style, something like that. So, cause I think that was something the first one was missing is it really felt like a halfway of a souls like game. Cause it was really an adventure game first that relied yeah, on a lot of a few souls like yeah. tropes. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I think, I think they could go more that direction, but I love star Wars. We live in a golden age of star Wars right now. There's just so much good star Wars content out there. And, uh, I'll no. I'll say uh don't you two start don't hey dude don't. And, and Andor Tales from the Jedi have you been Andor watching, is like, fantastic and isn't it great for the exceptions to prove the rules about how awful the stewardship no, has been no, no. <laughs> the stewardship has been great you just haven't been watching Star Wars since 1984 um so yeah the uh the, the it's you know that I I think that I think this game is going to be good and I'm excited to uh to see what they do with it with the sequel because I think that if any game to you know some games you hear about a sequel and it kind of makes you upset you're like uh -huh, are we really going to do that again to me this was a game where when I finished it I was like I think the sequel is going to be really good so I'm I'm ex I'm excited about a sequel I feel like this game needs one because the first one had so much potential 
And so I think there's a big opportunity to make this awesome. So I agree. I, I thought the first one was a good game. Uh, I think some people maybe overlook some flaws because of the love for the IP, but the game, the game had some very clear flaws. Um, yeah. I, I would also, I mean, we all know everyone in the world knows it has the worst map. Um, but there, there are other gameplay aspects. I mean, there are other games bit. that could give it a run. Go use the Ragnarok <laughs> map. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the Ragnarok. Oh, see, look, back on Ragnarok. The um, I, I also, if you're going to do a Souls-like, one of the biggest things for Souls-likes, in my opinion, is the level design, right? You kind of have that circle back level design where you unlock pass and you discover new things and you, then you unlock it, making it easier. And they tried to do that in the first game, but some of those levels are really poorly designed um, and they're just cumbersome to go through combined with the map makes it even worse so uh, i hope they kind of expand upon that in uh in the second one but i'm excited for it for sure yeah it'll so. be fine st patrick's day <laughs> no doubt no doubt uh, a couple more super chats we got to get to here and then we're going to get to these actual awards yeah game positive <laughs> oh yeah what, we got? what time is it all right someone show hogue the steelbook wall it is impressive oh, God. i've seen it, I've seen it in, in real life it is huge and that that, that was that was a while ago because it's probably been added to. It's really. It's nice. actually, believe it or not, it's been, it's been changed, subtracted from a little bit. There's a shelf oh, no. over there now, but no, no um, damn it. Yeah, no, no, it still looks good. Uh, there's a lot. I have a lot of steel books. Yeah. How do you subtract steel books? Well, it used to be like almost an entire wall. Um, yeah, it's like now a big it's kind of wall. like a frame of a uh, shelf with statues on it. So anyway, more to come. More to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank yeah. you eric appreciate you gecko gamer in the house yeah uh does the d2 community react the same way to updates as the warframe community complain about the changes declare you're going to leave and then come back ne- the next day that seems no. to be my son's mo actually no that that would be great if that's what they did uh the destiny community used to do that now they largely at least the the parts that i see are incredibly obsequious to Bungie and anytime they put out anything, they just gobble it up without any sort of like cursory uh, criticism or second look at it. And it is really frustrating to me because I often find myself the only person going, yo, what, like that, that kind of sucks. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how the Warframe community acts, but uh, I know, I know there's other people that do agree with you, Travis, that I see that play destiny that are like, this is not good. Um, but I need to yeah, hang out with I, those guys. I hang out with a lot of <laughs> yes men in the Destiny community. It makes me upset. That that's not that doesn't make the game better. You know what I mean? I like agree. we talked about that before. Is you know you need to have some level of criticism if it's deserved um, yeah. about what the studio is delivering, especially in live service. I mean, look at look at Halo this year. So yeah, I mean, neither does being a jerk. But I think there's a middle uh, ground. Absolutely, where you, you can have absolutely. valid criticism and not be a, a complete jerk. And I think. Uh, complaining in the Destiny community is sometimes treated as toxicity, and I just don't. I mean, I'm a critic, so that that doesn't jive with me at all. Yeah, I, it's yeah, we've talked about that, but yeah, agreed. Um, Gecko, thank you, super chat man. Always appreciate you. All right, um, so let's we'll go through the key ones here. We're not going to go through every category, like I said, um, but some of the ones that really jumped out to me in terms of the awards, so the. the I'd say right out of the gate, guys, we joked about Stray being up for Game of the Year. Stray was up for six awards. Um, yeah, very and, very and disappointing think... outcome. <laughs> Did they win any of them? They I won debut, debut, indie. They, debut indie game. They won over Norco, Neon White, Vampire Survivors, and Tunic. And I think on top of that, you've missed some key indie games that should have been up for debut indie. But 
I just don't understand when you th- we've talked about it, right? When you think about oh, they won best independent game as well. Travis Stray did mm, best nice. independent game. So when that's, you think about all wrong. of when you think goodness. about all the indies we had this year and all of the titles that could be up, why is Stray featured so heavily in this award show? What's hilarious is that is the only indie game I played this year. That was up that for- <laughs> you might have just answered the question. That right. is why it won. It exactly. was free. It was yeah. free on PS Plus if you had it, I think, and a lot of people got played it. I mean, that's the only one. So in a year where World Legacy Two came out, nobody Agreed. saved the world came out. Agreed. So many Tuna. games. I, you can Tuna. like different types of games. Ooblets was great. Neon White is great. There's Isn't so immortality many. Immortality an indie game too. Immortality is an indie game. Nobody likes Immortality at the Game Awards. I could make some snide comments about it being above them, but it's fine. Uh, well, and we got nominated at IGN. There's well, I, and it's not above IGN. Thank you, IGN. Uh, no, it's um, Stray is essentially trying to be a AAA game out of an indie mold, and we've seen that consistently win at these kinds of awards. Right? What's the game where it's like a, a rendered girl and like little leaf people in a forest uh, that that won the indie game stuff because it's trying to be a AAA type game. Um, you, you remember uh, that? Kina, Kina? Yeah, Kina. Oh, Kina Bridges. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, 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 they what what it goes for is it's like our favorite indie game is the one that most reminds us that it's not an indie game or tries. Like that's what wins, uh, and that's that's insane. That's ridiculous. It, there, there's it, actually I a think... word for that. Triple I. Somebody in the comments said that it <laughs> is. That, that's that's a phrase. Triple I. I like, haven't where, heard where, that. Where it's an indie game that's Cult got of the a, Lamb came out this year. Yeah. There's so Lamb. many good indie choices. Vampire Survivors is all over. Vampire the Survivors came out this year. Yeah, and I think its original release was like December Marvel of last Snap? year, that, which I think still qualifies for it. I don't know. I don't think you Marvel? can if you if you slap Marvel on it, I think you're out of the yeah. indie races. <laughs> and yeah. I know uh Marvel Snap did win best mobile game, which I thought you guys, you know, would appreciate. I don't know if that's accurate because I haven't played any other mobile game, but it did win. <laughs> Probably. Um, I, go ahead. Nothing. I was just going to say, okay. I, th- I think there's a preference for obviously accessibility and especially accessibility on the Sony platform. I think if it's going to be a, if it's a PlayStation plus game, then those tend to win a lot of game awards. I don't know if that's just because Jeff's inner circle and the people that he recruits are PlayStation folk, but it did strike me that like, if it was a PlayStation game and lots of people played it because it was accessible, like stray, then it got a lot of exposure. And if it was on game pass, less so, um, I guess it just shows the importance of getting people to play your game. That's half the battle, man. If you want to win awards, you got to get people to play it. Apparently. I think it's fine. I mean, if Stray wins, I, I assume many of the voters, that was their first video game and video games are pretty impressive in 2022. <laughs> Hi, your, your backhanded compliments are my favorite thing. Hogue. I adore them. Um, so is that even a uh, compliment? Let... <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're going your camera. Oh, you're our sponsor. Travis brought to you by Elgato. <laughs> oh boy. This is not good. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So uh, as we all are aware, cause he's still talking as of this moment, uh, Chris judge won for best performance over Charlotte met Bernie for um, uh, plague tale, Ashley Birch for forbidden West sunny. Is it Soljic for uh, Ragnarok as Atreus and man engage for immortality? Uh, which I think we kind of all saw coming. It's like an assumed win for Judge, but I know that uh, people take issue with it. Um, I tend to agree with you guys now that I finished Ragnarok that 
his voice is very memorable, right? He has a standout voice and it, it, it echoes. And I think when 2018 hit, his performance kind of stood out. But I don't feel that it had the same impact in Ragnarok. I didn't feel the same way about it that his delivery. His yeah, it wasn't. It didn't feel like this was a standout performance for him. And I think there could have been a better a better winner here. Nothing I, against Judge, by the way. But I mean, I have a few <clears throat> things against him. His speech making. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, I like Christopher Judge. I like him in the role. I think he is is good as Kratos. I don't think Kratos has a ton to do. Um, and I don't think some of his performance, honest to God, I know this is not a lot to say. Some, some of it sounds phoned in. There are instances and conversations where he sounds asleep. Um, and I don't blame anybody for that. That's, you know, that can happen. It's a long game. There's a lot of lines, but I mean, literally, literally man engaged probably has the best performance maybe in the history of video games. And I know some people don't want to, uh, don't want to give immortality credit or they don't want it to really be reviewed at the same way as video games. It's all, you can actually see her face. It's all actual uh, acting in movies or television. Action. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, it's it was the kind of performance that immediately finishing Immortality. I was in a different medium. If they were recognizing this as a movie, I mean, like that's the kind of thing that would get nominated for an actual Oscar. Uh, and it's um, it's a shame. An, an actual Oscar. Yeah, an actual Oscar. Funny, well, as opposed funny to the story. Jeff Keelys, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but Oscars are also not really like they're also kind of a joke. Oscars so. suck. So do the yeah. Golden Globes, so do the Emmys. But I mean, if we're talking about the ones that have been around longer and that generally people respect more, uh, I would say that in general, the acting in movies and television is superior to the acting in video games. I'm sorry. I love video games. It's my industry. I will say that the, the live action formats generally have at the high end, not everybody, you know, on a curve at the high end, better high end acting than video sure. games. Sure. And again, and it came down to how many people saw... Chris Judge do Ragnarok Agreed. versus saw Great. Immortality actors whose name I don't of the know. critics class. I mean, I don't know how feel, many people have beaten Ragnarok. It feels like a popularity movie. contest to your point. Uh, and Jake Warsaw in the, in the chat says, I just don't think there are meaningful judgment criteria for TGA nominees and winners. Immortality was objectively a better acting performance. And I, I think that's kind of the point that we've been making since we first talked about this. All right, Travis, I was going to wind that back. So be quiet for a second. You can't <laughs> associate objectiveness to a subjective quality. I get yeah. that. I get that, but he's just using it there as literally or figuratively as we use it right now, meaning a lot. It is the, a much the, better performance. Correct. He's using the millennial definition of objectively. I got <laughs> right, it. Right, which I would um, not see, it, but like, which is descriptive and not prescriptive. Yeah, yeah it, it objectively contains its own antonym. It also means subjective as well. It has um, to mean subjective. Got it. You put it in there if you didn't think it was a subjective question. Yeah, so anyway, by, by, I digress. Uh, <laughs> that, that was today's Travis and Rick grammar talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, I, so it, the, the, here's the inherent flaw is that if you are an Oscar judge, if you're somebody voting in the Oscar Academy Awards, they send you all the movies that you need to see and you're expected to watch them. Right. And it doesn't take that long. If you're a judge on the video game panel, it has nothing to do with the critic class or blah, blah, blah. It just has to do with the fact that they don't send you the stack of video games and go, you have to play all of these. You have to finish them all. It doesn't happen. They just invite you and they ask your opinion. And it comes down to which ones did you play? And more importantly, which ones did the most people play? Which one has the largest overlap in the Venn diagram of, you know, people that we invited here? And if you applied that to any sample size of gamers, you would get bias based on popularity accessibility to those games etc and so yeah ragnarok is a bigger game than the other games that were nominated for voice performances including immortality including Travis, and especially I agree with you 
I, yeah. I usually agree with you, Travis, but Immortality is literally a game composed of video clips. You can literally go in there and just see man engage act as your first sure. entry point into this into this game. So it's not quite the same as I need to go through everything. Could, if we had a nomination process like the Oscars, could you actually have a developer go and say, hey, here are the 10 minutes of man engage that you should really see. Absolutely. And I think oh, maybe yeah. we can have a process like that. That that that's my point is is that I think there is a better solution here. It's just that the current model of, all right, well, I'm Jeff. I'm gonna invite certain people from different outlets and people that I care about and just ask them their opinion with no sort of like I mean, we don't have full transparency, but I'm just speaking from what I've heard of that there's no real like vetting or evaluation. It's not like a society of people who kind of like decide and are held to a certain standard or even have to see the things that they're voting on. It's really just, hey, what's your opinion? And it doesn't have to be particularly well-informed. And I think it's a bad process. So uh, I, I I would be willing to bet that, you know, Chris Judge won because a lot of the other uh, people that were nominated didn't really uh, have a chance to showcase their their talents to those Christopher people Judge that made because decisions. he's a name people recognize like it's not just guard of war ragnarok you look at that list of names christopher judge is the one you recognize he's also a returning winner possibly yeah it's yeah, sure sure um well the the good news guys is uh there was another category called best narrative uh and best <laughs> just gonna go over all the stuff ragnarok won can we just skip ragnarok it didn't play? win narrative did they Na yes they did oh yes, my god did. Yeah, no, you freaked out. This is when I made the return this, or the uh, last this, Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why I brought this up. Um, can, we, can we just say that Ragnarok won too much and it has to do with the bias and then just skip past all this crap? Because like, yeah, they, they won more than they should have. I, I have not played the game, so I can't really, I've not played it fully. So I don't have the same level of investment as you guys do, but I think that's sort of a takeaway. Yeah. Well, immortality was up for narrative. I know that. I think Ains has just selected a list of things to poke me with. I think so. Well, I th th no, there's there's more I was going to cover here, but obviously we've been talking about this for a while. So yeah, Ragnarok was up with Elden Ring, Immortality, Forbidden West, and Requiem. Elden Ring, which 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 I think highlights the issue with the Game Awards is if you look through all these categories one by one, those same five games. Well, Immortality moves in and out, but those four games: Requiem, Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Ragnarok are up for like 10 different awards, like all of them. And it just shows the narrow scope to your point, Travis, of here's the games that are popular. Here's the ones people recognize. Here's the ones people have actually played. Here's the one that are going to win the awards. Right. And, here, and here's some ads. That's what and here's some ads to go over top. Of yeah. Them. Right. Yeah. This yeah. is my immortality face. Did Plague Tale win anything? <laughs> Plague Tale did not win anything. No. Plague Xenoblade? Tale didn't win anything. I don't think Xenoblade won anything. Wow, all the games I reviewed didn't win anything. Well, this actually, they had that on the list. It was like, you know, you get those, the bouncer has the list. Well, Travis reviewed these, nothing. No, yeah, I can't give it. Yeah, I'm, lo I'm looking through. Uh, I don't see anything. So, so you know, the they didn't win best RPG, Travis. Crazy. <laughs> what well, one uh, best I, RPG? I, I would actually, Elden Ring won the best Oh, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. I, I was going to say, I would actually debate with you guys on that one. I don't view Elden um, Ring as an RPG. I, we've talked about this. Uh, Well, I don't it, know how you cannot they, call it an RPG. It's an action adventure. They, it's the same as Zelda. Well, here's the thing: is no, uh, it is what what may, what makes it an no, RPG? I think that 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 doesn't really have a definition, does it? No, it doesn't. Of course, yeah, it does. So. What what oh. is an RPG? Then? All right, hit me with the RPG. I, 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 bet, I, bet you, I bet you if you asked fifty gamers, you'd get fifty different answers. You know what I mean? You might. Yeah, it's true. I know this yeah. is debated, but you're talking about a game that you literally build your character from okay. scratch. Build you characters. Have countless. You have to be from different. scratch, or else Final Fantasies are out. So builds characters. Next, 
No, no, I'm talking about Elden Ring, and you saying it's not an no, RPG. No, but you have to define RPG first before yeah, you define RPG, RPG before you say Elden Ring is one. You can't define it by the game. Well, like, okay, that's that's a broad. No, because here's the problem. Question. Honestly, God, Ains, here's the problem. Any, any yeah. list that you would say, we'll just pretend that you said one, and I'm sure it'll be cogent because you're a smart guy. I can tell you God of War is in that box. I can tell you yeah, yeah. NBA 2K3 was in that box. Yeah, I can. I can tell yeah. you that all of these things are in that box. To me, it's more of an action adventure because the focus is on exploring caves and going into little dungeons, and that really matches with Zelda to me. And an RPG tends to be something that is innately related to dialogue, storytelling, and, and world building as its functional core. So even Western and JRPGs can meet that particular definition because it's about dialogue and conversations and getting quests, solving quests. And, and the, the building, the bar filling can't be your definition because every single game in every single genre has basically co-opted filling bars and, and but, growing. But, but Hope, but, wouldn't, wouldn't God of War Ragnarok be an RPG then by the definition of storytelling and quests being at its core? Because that's what that game is, right? Right. No, that's what I'm saying is that God of War is the action adventure genre leans up on RPG. So you have to start deciding whether it's uh, it, it's going to be focused on story or focused on action and, and fighting. Right. And I don't I don't think anybody would accuse a traditional Final Fantasy of, of being focused on fighting as a for instance, the battle system is the battle system. God of War goes in there and says, basically, we're going to talk to you the whole time, often annoyingly so. But we're going to walk between battle arenas. That's that's our world. But, um, and occasionally we're to make you throw your axe at something. That's not but your your definition of the story and dialogue and quest being at a functional core. I would say that that Ragnarok still fits that definition. I think I if anybody's evaluating God of War Ragnarok as the story and narrative being at its functional core, then it's a six out of ten if, at at best. People are evaluating sure. the, fact that the combat is much better. So you might say it's a six out of ten, but it's still an RPG by that definition, right? It's well, still this fits is what I'm more. saying is the problem. Yeah, right? yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that there's a way you. That's can That's why say I it. said so, the defining an RPG is a different question than is. But I couched even my phraseology as saying Elden Ring doesn't feel like an RPG to me. That the Soulsborne games don't feel like RPGs to me. They aren't tickling the same emotional buttons. They aren't otherwise interacting with my gameplay like I think of as an RPG. Starfield sure. and Final Fantasy 16, God willing, who knows. Uh, and these other games like Soul, Hackers, whatever else I'm playing, those are RPGs. Midnight Suns. <laughs> actually you know in in very important ways have role-playing concepts and elden ring puts you in a field and says go nuts now i know it tells you stories and i know the rings have descriptions and i know all this stuff it just you meet npcs and go on quests and, too, and you meet characters and do character building and yeah, yeah you I mean, go everything you described stuff. you do in elden yeah. ring. i've never done anything in elden ring that makes me feel like it's an rpg yeah, I mean that's that's fair because you have a definition of RPG that I think everybody would disagree with because everybody has their own definition and it's crazy and I I guess my point was that the the award show doesn't have a definition of RPG. And that's my problem with that's this category. That's probably true. Yes. Is that well, is that what, when people are voting on this they're basically just voting what are your favorite of these 5? That was basically the 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 question, right? Because there's no like, well, it has to do these this thing and this thing and this thing well to qualify as an RPG, and you need to evaluate just those attributes of it to see how good of an RPG it is. Because if they did, then we, we might have some transparency into why Elden Ring won. What I think happened is they said, here's five games we count as an RPG. Now tell us your favorite out of these five. And that's how the voting happened. And My so understanding is the nominations were done by the voters as well, right? They have a longer yeah. list and then they pick the RPGs. But yeah. the problem with calling anything a role-playing game in video games, and this is a much longer video, right? We're already at two hours and a half or whatever, <laughs> is that every game is role-playing. Every single game you play is not you. Uh, and you are playing a role. And so that's always going to come down because people will go online and be like, well, I, but you're playing a role. Like, honestly, 
it's a term of art in video games now. It doesn't mean playing a role because it can't. You play a role in a fighting game for Pete's sake. Uh, it's a matter of what it is you're doing within that environment that defines what an RPG is. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, we did get a super chat from Vault Boy in the house. Yes, we did. Team Hogue, Breath of the Wild, and Ellen Ring have similarities that would, uh, in the action adventure category, 100%. It's funny because a lot of people they would say that Breath of the Wild is the RPGization of the of the Zelda, of Zelda. franchise. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. like what a lot of people describe that yeah. as. So it's kind of fun. They call it an open world RPG. So it's, yeah. I, Zelda's I, always I, been Zelda. I mean, Zelda was always an open world RPG. Breath of the Wild is just bringing that to not this, this is it. screens. From Abe. Uh, what's up, Abe? Good to see you. I feel like the focus of the game is leveling up, enhancing your build. It's an RPG. Most people don't play Skyrim for the story. That's damn true. Elden Ring is I like did. a Western RPG. Skyrim's a weird Stop. pull there because I think Skyrim is one of those fantasy fulfillment RPGs where you want to walk around and go into a village and sort some things. Um, I mean, character building is is interesting. Again, that you're going to have to separate NBA 2K out of this eventually. I mean, you're going to have to figure out <laughs> your mind. You know, what, what's funny is is my definition is totally different, which I assumed it, that would be the case for this entire panel. But mine has to do with, like, it's an RPG if you can tell your own story, right? Like in you Elden kick Final Ring. Fantasy out. Yeah, exactly. I do kick Final Fantasy out on that one. Yeah, uh, my one of the progenitors of the genre is kicked out. Like, that's got to be one of your... Sorry. <laughs> No, it can't be. I mean, that's, that's I, I, it is. It is. It's my definition. I get to do what I want. I kick it out. It's gone. It's an. It's an. It's and an it doesn't mean anything. Game. The words are winning. We've yeah, determined I mean, that we don't know what an none RPG of them is. mean anything. Oh, it's an arbitrary definition. Yeah, but I I have to put the uh, I have huh. to put the player choice because the for me it's like about like oh I'm playing this role that I want to play and I'm going to get to do the things I want to do and Skyrim you get you can be a wizard or you can be a thief and you kind of get to do that sort of thing and that's what makes god of war not an rpg is because they tell you the role you're going to play and you play it you're playing a role but it's not your role it's and what their is role Final Fantasy? Giving you. it's an adventure game actually <laughs> adventure game. Yeah. turn base we're gonna um, move on from the rpg yeah. conversation we'll solve this one day uh vault boy thank you for the super chat appreciate you i want to shout out uh the uh keely for audio design uh, I'm a very big audiophile. I've talked about that before. The fact that Plague Tale Requiem wasn't even nominated for audio design is absolutely unbelievable. It's got some of the best it's audio crazy. design. I'm talking purely about audio design here. Nothing else about the game. The audio design in Plague Tale Requiem is literally like the gold standard. Uh, and Ragnarok won it, which, again, goes back to the same conversation. I don't know what audio, uh, Yeah. It's funny. I would probably give it to Callisto right now. It's going to fall between. Callisto's fantastic. But Callisto yes. with headphones is amazing. Yeah, I, right. I feel like part of the problem from some people is that you got You do have to set yourself up for Callisto. You got to be in a dark room with some headphones on. Uh, but it's um, I, I love it to death. Yeah, it's very well done. Um, all right. And then um, what was the, uh, the, 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 the game of the year? You know, Elden Ring. Uh, there was justice at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> Tiny flag. <laughs> um and then most anticipated game was actually zelda over starfield hogwarts legacy final fantasy 16 and resident evil 4 that checks out yeah that's so, about right diablo yeah. didn't make that list eh after the box after a decade in the wilderness? that's the one i thought was a uh should have been at least listed was diablo folks yeah, diablo is going to do okay in the marketplace it's going to be <laughs> i think it is let me ask you this so best family game 
the nominees were Lego Star Wars, Splatoon 3, Mario and Rabbids, Switch Sports, and Kirby, and Kirby 1. I, my honest answer for best family game, this is just from personal experience, is, is Nintendo Switch Sports. Okay. We have a blast. With really? It. Yeah. It's playable in the room with your family, yeah, notably. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, is, uh, it is excellent. But, uh, but Splatoon 3 is probably the one that gets the most play. Uh, but we play through Nintendo Switch Sports all the time. Um, did you say Kirby? Was Kirby nominated? Kirby won. The Nintendo am, I, am I weirdly the only guy who's played all of the family games and I'm the one guy without a family? Besides no, I, both? <laughs> I've, played, yeah. I've played all those games on that list. Yeah. In it's fact, I me though, said, and there's two other like fathers here who haven't played the family games. No, my, my, my son's 17 now, man. Ages. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. Well, I um, I'm 33, I and I played these games said, by myself. <laughs> you know I jokingly I said I would play. I, I would I would trade straight up the family game category for the game of the year category because like that's that's where the fun lives in 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 Hogue House. I think it was a mm-hmm. very strong list. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, but I mean, like Lego Star Wars is amazing. That's the best that so Star Wars Tales has ever done. I actually, um, if I were voting, I, I think I would have the hardest time deciding on that category because those were all bangers. Bangers. I, yeah, <laughs> I probably, actually, weirdly, the my answer is the opposite of yours, Hogue, which is if I had to cut one off, the easiest would be Nintendo Sports. Uh, I know. Because it didn't really click with me. I don't know why. Ah, uh, but it's, it's so well done. I, and and they, they, they actually designed how an online interaction should work with like these quick, these quick sports. Uh, I, we probably played it the most out of the Nintendo switch games this year. I mean, like that's just how it went down. Yeah. And then, what? and then I think my, my contender for winning, I, I'm glad Kirby won by the way, but like my, my contender for winning is probably Mario plus Rabbids, which I know is your least favorite on the list. Or I suspect, uh, me. Yeah. No, Mario plus Rabbids is great. I just oh, don't I think you, I thought you didn't like the sequel. I really like the No, sequel. no, no. I like it. I like it. I don't think it's as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they, I think they struggled a little bit with their new dynamics, but much like a Travis in an optimistic mood, I think the new dynamics <laughs> are worthwhile to explore. I just don't think they nailed it. Yeah, I, and, I uh, like Splatoon three one best multiplayer as yeah. well. Splatoon yeah. On that list, I thought it was the best one. I don't really remember the list now, but what were they? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, and Overwatch 2. Yeah, I agree. That's the best one on that list. It didn't Multiverses come out of nowhere and win Fighting Game or something? It won it did, Fighting yeah, Game. which it's actually very good uh, as a I've fighting played game. played it a bunch. Yeah. I disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. In the, in the, the reason I know it's a good fighting game is because... Uh, Mitch Mitch Saltzman is like obsessed with it, and he knows he knows. I think there's a difference between liking fighting in a fighting game and thinking it's a good fighting game. I, I, mm. I it does nothing I, for me. It's not I, presented I well. The UI is a mess. The music's terrible. Uh, you know, I mean, like, there's a lot you of you play fighting games. Oh yeah, I like fighting games. Yeah, those those true of all fighting games though. The UI, the music, the it's like they're all that's like part of the genre. Is the okay? So if we were to straight up compare like Nether Realm's output to multiverses, I think Nether Realm would have a significant advantage in UI and presentation. Yeah, probably, but honestly, not much better. Some of those games are rough in UI and the way they describe things, and the audio design is usually a mess. It's it's weird because I think you're stretching you a bit. I think you're stretching a bit. But multiverses, yeah. people are liking it. People are happy to have a smash. That's it's a free. big game. Yeah, uh, but it's like it, to me, it's exactly. It's like, well, you got your you got your free uh, mom. I want Smash. We got Smash at home. Here's Tom and Jerry and a kind of somewhat weird thing that's free. Uh, that that's to me how it feels. It's just discount store Smash. It's not right, my thing, but I, I I the fighting game people that I trust really like it. So yeah, it's popular. Yeah, and because it's free to play, a lot of people played it. So it goes back. I'm also just circling back to the that- same conversation. 
Yeah, I'm also just happy that like new stuff got nominated and won. And like those were the interesting categories for me. And they were often the ones that got just glossed over. No one coming to the stage to talk. It was just like, all right, you want an award, next award, you want an award, next award, you want an award. All right, let's get back to trailers. Yeah. Uh, they've done that, they've done that for years, and I agree. I know, and I I hate it every year. It just really yeah. bothers me. But well, Nintendo must I, be feeling good about finally winning best multiplayer game. That's got to be a first. I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> well, the, the funnier thing is that Mario and Rabbids also won best strategy game over uh, games I don't really know well, so I can't speak to them. But Victoria 3, Dune, uh, Two Point Campus, and Total War Warhammer 3. Those were the other nominees. That's a so. weird nomination list. They didn't nominate Triangle Strategy as a for instance. Triangle Strategy was up for RPG, I believe. <laughs> Course. Yes, classic. Let's not go back in there. <laughs> no choices at all. No walking around anything. Uh, um, okay, so Midnight Suns would win that easily if it had been a month earlier released. Gotcha. And it won't okay. be considered next year because well, it, it will the... be considered. It will also it won't be. Considered. Yeah, the same way that Halo <laughs> Infinite was considered this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was uh, racing and sports too. GT7 won. I, GT7 had. A lot of issues um i did i anyway. so i disagree that it was a good that it was like an amazing game but i also looked at that list and i was like were any of those better though i feel like oh maybe. i agree it's not a yeah. great list yeah agree all right anything else on the game awards guys i hate that fighting and sports are one category that is stupid it makes no, no sense sports and, so. sports and racing sports and racing. sports and racing thank you yeah sports and racing sense. bothers me as a category it Racing's it just it's it's basically just throwing in all the stuff that like nerds don't care about into one category, like a token, you know, eh, just you were good, I guess, but nobody cares about you. You're for, you know, core gamers, whatever. Bothers yeah. Me. All right. Racing. I, I get that racing is a sport, but a lot of like you wouldn't call Forza Horizon a sports game. And you race, you do events. Game yeah, but it's it, but it's not a sports game. It's like it's a <laughs> I call it a car PG, but uh, the uh, the I I just I feel like it, also there's a, there's years where there's enough racing games for us to have a proper category and sports well, games, and sports so games smash them yeah. together. Yeah, they smash them together, and it 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 seems to me like one of those things where like either just don't do the award and admit you don't care about it, or like if you're going to be that <laughs> specific, then maybe don't have one category for all RPGs and then like stuff them all in there too. It's just the the broadness of it really bothers me and that award in particular kind of just makes me laugh well and someone else just said it in the chat too but sports gaming like whether you like them or not sports games are some of the best-selling games every year most played games every year like they are gigantic genre in gaming like it, it does seem weird to just disregard it um anyway all right so hogue I know you can do this quickly because you've talked about it ad nauseum this week. I don't there think was... I have a choice but to do it quickly, ain't? Yeah. <laughs> so this week, uh, the FTC announced it's going to sue Microsoft, and Xbox-aligned people are yelling foul and yelling that the FTC lied, and PlayStation guys are, are yelling that, good, they should be sued, and they're trying to destroy PlayStation, and PlayStation is a pauper on the side of the road who doesn't make any money, and it's pandemonium on the streets, and... Uh, I need to know quickly what's actually happening and what the significance is it of it is of it here so that we can weed through all the nonsense as I know you do. Sure. On December 8th, the date of the Game Awards, the Federal Trade Commission in the United States elected to 
move to block the acquisition of Activision by Microsoft. That move to block did not entail bringing the case to federal court, which is the normal course of business for the Federal Trade Commission to seek a preliminary injunction, which is the court's power to actually stop the deal. They decided to forego that primarily, I would argue, because they don't need to block it. They're not going to close over a regulatory action. And their friends in Europe are still going to take three to six months to figure out what they want to do. So there really wasn't a reason to do that. That's kind of the first myth you might have seen is that it was likely to close because that preliminary injunction didn't exist. I disagree with that analysis. But suffice it to say, the FTC decided to move forward on the premise that purchasing Activision would allow Xbox and Microsoft as a company to take a monopoly market position that would hurt competition and gaming overall in three separate markets. The first is High-performance consoles, we'll get back to that in a second. Yikes. The next is subscription services. We'll also have to get back to that because the FTC is having fun definitional arguments with all these. And the final one is cloud gaming, which it announces is a separate market, despite the fact that neither Microsoft nor anybody else in the high-performance console marketplace actually sells cloud gaming as a separate service. We'll come back to that. Suffice it to say, it's not a terribly strong argument in their case documents. I would argue that's a part of the reason why they don't want to bring it to federal court, because the FTC doesn't get to decide what the law says. They actually have to go through a process, except when they do get to decide what the law says. So in what they actually brought, which is a complaint document amongst their actual administrative procedures, they're going to present their case to an administrative law judge that is employed by the Federal Trade Commission. Now, the Federal Trade Commission, under its current composition, has lost a number of actions in its own court in front of its own judge. But the kicker to that process is that as part of the Federal Trade Commission's act, who do they appeal to if they lose in front of that administrative law judge? They appeal to themselves. More specifically, they appeal to the commissioners to decide whether the administrative law judge got it wrong. Now, it might not surprise you very often, but the Federal Trade Commission, when they lose in front of the administrative law judge, very often says, nope, he was wrong. And then at that point, Microsoft can bring a claim to the appeals court. So what we're looking at right this second is a long process that Microsoft would have preferred to avoid, relatively weakly argued, uh, and nobody really knows what's going to happen here. I will say I probably will make a video, if I still have any energy after this excellent podcast that's gone a little long, uh, <laughs> to uh, talk about the FTC lie complaint. I have a thread in my Twitter, at Hogue Law, that talks about why I think that's too strong uh, of a statement about what the Euro European Union said, what the Federal Trade Commission said. But to shorten it here for you all, the Federal Trade Commission based part of its complaint document on the fact that Microsoft isn't to be trusted because they told the European Union that there was no incentive to ever take ZeniMax games exclusive. And then about two days after the European Union approved the deal, they took uh, Starfield and Redfall and said Elder Scrolls and various things would be exclusive on their system. And then enterprising people in these various communities went and asked the European Union about whether or not uh, they felt that Microsoft had essentially welched on their deal. European Union said there was no deal. Then people came back and said, well, the Federal Trade Commission is lying and everything must be burned down. And I think it's more complicated than that. I think the European Union actually answered a different question. Uh, and suffice it to say, that the, much like the rest of the document, the Federal Trade Commission stretched things. This does feel very politically motivated, almost as a yep. conclusion was reached before the, uh, the arguments were made. Uh, but we don't have to call people liars here to have that conversation. So I'll probably do a video on short form, hug short form, so you know, at least 10 minutes, uh, that talks about that particular logic process and why I think people, which I love y'all, I'm getting the DMs, I'm seeing the ats, gotcha. <laughs> I think that they are uh, they are overemphasizing certain aspects of this, and this is going to be this is gonna be a mess. Uh, but people ask me how I think the deal is going to go, whether it's going to go through, it really is going to depend on Microsoft's wherewithal. I think if you get this all the way up to a court of competent jurisdiction outside of the Federal Trade Commission's wheelhouse, Microsoft has a major chance to win. But that's a lot of time. 
That's a lot of resources. That's a lot of money and it's a lot of distraction. Uh, and so one of the other videos I plan to do on my channel is the dates you need to know uh, because the penalty price for Microsoft is going to go up in two separate tranches, two separate groups uh, over the course of the early stages of 2023. And those are essentially going to act as exit ramps for Microsoft to decide whether it wants to go and fight for this or whether it wants to save a billion dollars. Uh, and so that's going to be a, a, an aspect of this. And then again, I say those videos, I've got about six that I should be making. We'll see how I do, folks. I did 14 videos last week, uh, all said. So I'm going to do my best. Federal Trade Commission has sued. Everybody is watching. It's not great for Microsoft. It's also not the end of the road. How was that? Pretty good. Excellent, sir. I think uh, the interesting thing for me was I didn't actually expect the FTC to go through with this. I thought for sure all the stuff we were seeing was we were going to get a uh, consent decree. And yeah, and I'm, I'm just very surprised. I think one thing I would add to that, I agree, Travis. I don't think they would, I didn't think they would pull the trigger on this. I did think they would draft up a complaint. Part of the process that you can have at the Federal Trade Commission level is they draft up the complaint, they share it with the parties, and they say, let's fix this, let's do a consent decree. And those consent decrees will say, we showed them the complaint, they're making these promises so that that complaint goes away. You don't have to bring that. You don't have to make the lawsuit. You don't have to do the big press release that Microsoft is. Uh, that suggests a certain amount of um, politicization of the process, especially given these facts. Uh, but it is important to note, uh, one of those days to note, the actual evidentiary hearing on this, which is for practical purposes, the trial in an administrative court setting is set for August 2nd, 2023. That's a lot of days to go and settle. If the Federal Trade Commission winds back, if they get political pressure, if Microsoft offers the right things, uh, this is not necessarily going to end in a lawsuit, just like any given bringing of charges can end in a plea bargain or a settlement decree or whatever else can happen. So that's still in play, but we don't know exactly what the Federal Trade Commission's mood is or whether they're just ignoring everything that's offered to them because they had to do a lot of ignoring to get to their complaint <laughs> document. If you're interested in that, I have a two and a half hour video that I put up on Friday that goes through the complaint line by line. Uh, and uh, you can let me know whether you like that or you hate it. There you get, I'm getting both sides. Unfortunately, like politics, it appears to be drawn on console warrior lines right now. Of course. Yeah, no, yeah. I watch a lot of that video. I was in the chat with you, and uh, it was great, man. It was good. I love that the way you break it down. I have a couple questions real quick, though. Okay, one, do you think the Microsoft like pre-response was because they knew this was going to happen? When like Brad Smith came out and he said you know, all this stuff, do you think that they knew when they said that stuff that um that that this was coming and number sure. two number two real quick uh how much is sony paying the ftc to uh <laughs> sue and put this through i was just wondering on question number one uh so when the political article comes out that they say the Th federal trade commission is likely to sue which is a couple of days after the new york times says the staff attorneys are thinking about suing uh, I think Microsoft's kind of red button is hit. Now, right after that, the New York Post says one of the Democratic commissioners is wavering, uh, which I have no doubt. Seeing how the complaint actually turned out, uh, any any person with legal acumen would be like, are we sure? Uh, because it's not a very strong kind of argument in this context. But regardless of whether you think the New York Post is telling the truth about whether someone was wavering or not, Microsoft hits that button. Now is the time. They're going to take a vote this week. And whether we think we're losing or we think somebody's flippable or flipped and we want to solidify them. The reason I did 14 videos last week is not because I love doing 14 videos a week. I do not. But because they started that marketing blitz. So we got the Wall Street Journal op-ed. We got the Nintendo signing. We get the Gabe Newell statement. We get all of this stuff going forward. 
We get Brad Smith in Washington, D.C., and then on Thursday, they take their vote. Um, so I think the answer to your question is Microsoft knew now was the inflection point, and you, you unload your ammunition, regardless of how you think you're doing, and that's what they did. Uh, and then uh, the second question is, I would honestly argue that Sony didn't need to pay anybody. I mean, I would honestly argue that because they didn't, but uh, <laughs> that the Federal Trade Commission and to some extent the other regulators appear to have been looking for a hook to hang their hat on, right? That one of the things that Chair Lena Khan of the Federal Trade Commission has said is she wants to kill big tech. She wants to more aggressively look at these various things in antitrust, and she doesn't care if she brings bad cases. Um, and so that combination is we're going to bring a case Sony showed up and said, we got a case for you. And I think that's all it took uh, as part of this process. And I, and if you look at what they did, some of their arguments, some of their statements, because they have problems, right? I said I would come back to these things. The high-end hardware. Why is it high-end hardware? They need the denominator to not include Nintendo because it is so obvious that there is no market power changing hands if Nintendo is included in the video game industry. So they go on paragraph and paragraph and paragraph about how Nintendo is differentiated. The problem is, all of all three of the competitors in a hardware market are differentiated. PlayStation is going to sell you a VR console. Xbox is moving into subscription as a service. Dragged Sony into subscription as a service as a part of that process. Nintendo gets dragged into multiplayer from its two competitors on the multiplayer side. This has been an ongoing cycle of violence or virtue, however you want to feel about these things as they are in process. FTC and the CMA before them at the UK have to say Nintendo is super different, even though the the Xbox Series S appears to be a reaction to ownership of that part of the market. And then people are constantly trying to go and grab Nintendo's market share, just as the same as they're trying to grab each other's. Now, are Microsoft and, and uh, Sony having a closer competition within that environment? They are, but you can't just excise Nintendo from the market. So that's one of those things that's a problem. Game Pass itself is a problem as a separate market, because in order to have an antitrust action against Game Pass, you have to establish that it is different. That Game Pass as a market is distinct from buying games or renting them, or otherwise acquiring them in some way. And traditionally, in American jurisprudence and everywhere that actually looks at these questions, the method that which you buy things from, the business model of it, doesn't change whether or not you are involved in the market. The example I used on my video is a car dealership. If you buy that car, that's great. If you lease that car, that doesn't suddenly make those cars in two separate markets. And that is going to be a major hurdle for the Federal Trade Commission to actually win this. Cloud services is even harder for them because outside of being a market in which the only investment in has crippled companies and lost the money. So we don't know whether there's a market there at all. <laughs> it's only ever bundled with Game Pass from Microsoft. So it's very difficult to establish it as a separate market, period. And, and it goes throughout that entire document doing that kind of thing. And their competitors use their cloud service for their cloud offerings. So Right, which, is, which, yeah. which can lean into the Federal Trade Commission saying that they essentially have a bottleneck. Yeah. They, can, they yeah. can cut off the oxygen to one they, of these companies. But- they don't even make that argument very clearly. So yes, two and a half hours, uh, much more content in that I'm going to have, I don't even know, at least five videos on various aspects <laughs> of this. We have to talk about the fact that now one of the major unions in the country is upset at the Federal Trade Commission because they had negotiated a kind of sweetheart deal with Microsoft. There's a whole host of things that are going to happen around this. And in terms of timing, I will tell you the very first date is that Microsoft has 14 days, calendar days, not business days, to respond to the complaint document from December 8th. So it looks like I'll have a good Christmas, I guess. <laughs> we'll see. Microsoft has a tendency to file 112-page documents when everybody else files 20-page documents. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's not like they're not well-versed here.
Um, <clears throat> so thank you, Hoke. Appreciate the breakdown yeah. as always. A lot of positivity in the chat, not around what's happening, but around yeah. your explanations in your videos. So uh, always appreciate you breaking it down for us. Uh, in the, uh, I mean, you're an Xbox at heart, but you know, you know, you know. I don't think I've even turned my Xbox on uh, in, in a while. Well, no, I play Vampire Survivors over there. If that makes the yeah, difference, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you you're, go. you're one of the rare Sony Pony Xbox. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I switch between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on the day, right? Switch. I knew it. I knew it. All right. Uh, well, thank you again. Um, chat, you've been amazing. Uh, it's been a great show today. I just want to, I'll go ahead and end this poll now. Miyazaki or Kojima. Miyazaki takes 61%. It is hereby determined Miyazaki is our Lord and Savior. We can end that poll and argument forever. We don't have to talk about yeah. Kojima anymore. Thank you. Good night. It's a stupid poll. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to choose but, uh, one of the two? <laughs> <laughs> um, Where's Kevin so to, to, Yeah. He's yeah. in his own. You know, he's doing his yeah, own okay. thing over there. He's That's hanging right. out. Yeah. Um, to go ahead and close this out here, uh, as we said, with uh, the upcoming weeks around the holidays and New Year, we will let you know what's going on in BitCast. Just pay attention to our Twitter. I'll put messages up on the channel officially as well. Um, as we already noted, the week of Christmas, we won't have a show because it's Sunday morning. But other than that, we'll let you know what's going on in the other weeks. Um, on the Season Gaming channel, we'll have uh, full footage and stuff of Witcher 3 Next Gen this week uh, on Tuesday, I believe. Um, along with there's a couple other new videos out there of hardware, new controller I tested for the Switch. I won't go into all the details. Just check out the channel and you'll find it there. Um, Travis, what you got happening, man? I got two previews going live early next week. Uh, I think I can say what they're for. Uh, one is for um, a Bandai Namco game, One Piece Odyssey, that comes out next month, uh, which I played down in San Diego. They They had it on a pirate boat. That's where the, the took place. That's appropriately so. I was I was, I was racking my brain after last. Yeah, week. Why pirate is boat. boat. I was in a boat because it's a pirate game, and we did it on a giant boat. Um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, also Superfuse. I have the new build mm. for that, and have um have more. So if you're a Diablo fan, that game is looking uh, even better than the last time I played it. So Ooh, I've got a preview. You gave a going very on. positive impression of that. I remember. Yeah, that. I'm very excited for that game. Uh, and then um. Finally, I've got my review of High on Life, which will be going live sometime next week. Uh, I'll be finishing playing it today, and uh, we'll get writing immediately. So, um, yeah, busy week for me. You can find me on IG.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Tell your enemies to follow me on Twitter if you want to <laughs> irritate them. <laughs> Twitter doesn't care. Just follow. Any just reason. follow. There you go. Bot. He'll mute yeah. you. You won't even know. So just follow. This is very true. Very true. Hogue, you, you've kind of already said what you're up to, but uh, anything else you want to shout out? No, we'll be doing hangouts and headlines as per usual, if only if only to give myself a, a break between Federal Trade Commission versus Microsoft. <laughs> stuff. But I think you can expect the whole week, if not the whole of 2023, is going to be focused on, in my opinion, one of the biggest news items in the history of the video game industry. So we're going to be covering it. Very good, sir. All right, guys. Yes. Chat, like I said, anyone listening, tuning in, thank you so much. Great to see over 200 people in the chat today. Share it with your friends. We always have a good time here. We try to be informative. And uh, as we said, we'll have some good shows in the coming weeks of the holidays. Hope everyone is doing well. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And we will see you next Sunday. Peace. <laughs>